0: 602,
1: welcome. The opening kickoff from the land. That's right, the Dr. Christopher Monix Championship Drive in Air Sports One from Sarah Land High School. We're here for the next three hours right here on the sports station WNSP and WNSP.com. And back to back away games, as you might call Whoa. them there That was Matt McCoy. He's so excited yeah. to be with us. Two days straight. And he's staying
2: for the whole show today. Yeah. Wow. Man, earning that, earning that bag. Triple look at pay, him. triple pay.
3: Yeah. Uh, oh wait, look—he even wants to—he even wants to, he he even gotta wants to get on. This. <laughs> I got to tell you guys this, because this is this is the life of Busboy McCoy. I get in the car this morning at like quarter after five, to get the laptop as a backup here for you guys, <laughs> and I look, and there's my son's school bag that he neglected to take out of the car, and his school shoes in the back seat of my car. Don't now, go barefoot. I, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I don't fight. know how what he's wearing at school today, and I'm sure all of his books are in his bag. was like I don't have time to drive back and get it. to me. he goes to Faith Academy, so I mean, I I don't I don't know what's going to happen. Uber the
1: books, I guess,
3: uh, and choose. No, no idea. I don't. I don't even know.
1: It's one of those. Uh, it's one of those life lesson moments. Well, yeah, but <laughs> you know, you tell your kids, you tell your kids, you want them to make mistakes early. So that they can learn from those mistakes so that when they become older, my, they, they become
2: more responsible. Sure, My sure. memory is so <laughs> yeah, bad. Sure, whatever. My memory is so bad. I don't even remember those things happening about my kids when they went to grammar uh, school here or high school. I don't, I don't ever recall. It may have happened about getting a call, hey, I left this behind. But I, I never remember. Maybe my wife took care of all that
3: stuff. I, I guess. I don't know. All I know is I look. it was one of those moments as a parent like where you look at it and you go, now, Mark Mark's had moments oh, like that. I yeah, remember that I had... during
2: some shows. Yeah, I've had to so, run some. Stuff yeah, run from some time errands back and forth. But I never remember having to do that. I, wasn't, like,
3: I wasn't across the state. I was gonna like, say like, know, <laughs> like we're in Sarah land. He's got to get it. I got to get it to him, and then get it back. I'm like, it's not gonna happen. The times happen. I drove my my middle daughter
2: to uh, Faith, we'd be about half a mile away. She said, "Stop! I, I, I'm gonna get out. I don't want you driving up to the oh! place." Oh, I, I, don't want, I, I don't, don't want yeah. them to see I, I don't want, I don't
3: oh. want th- anybody to see me in this car or with you. I've already told wow. the kids, don't even try that, because I guarantee you, I have a whole entire box of Halloween costumes. I will wear a different one every day. But cool. you're
1: you're also kind of, and this is not a shot at Lee, but you're you're kind of I mean, you're a big personality. People know who you are. You're kind of the cool dad, though, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, in certain circles, it depends. Which circle are you in? <laughs> I don't. uh, I think I don't know. Cool would be. uh, I like the word cool, Mark, but I don't know about cool. So
1: maybe not like the 13 to 18 year old. No, no, no. no. The 13, 12 and under.
3: Correct. Middle school. Um, they love me. Well, high school, do. not so cool. Daughter, your son says
2: my dad plays records.
3: Right, records. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm sure that's what they say. Records,
2: right? <laughs> my, 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 dad. Meanwhile, is a his, his friends are like, who's
3: the geek that uses the word records? <laughs> 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 records are back though, man. They're big again. Yeah, vinyl's, big. They, they really? oh, yeah, vinyl's big. Oh yeah, vinyl's big.
1: But you can't tell me there's a
3: high school that says the word records. No, probably Have you ever not. Ever
2: been to that vinyl uh, record store on? Uh, the, oh, it's where You know, where McConnell's. That road was a Sage or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Have mobile records. Mobile yeah, records. I've been in there many times that they have a little, everything
1: uh, uh, my
3: dad to, plays records and if you're lucky he'll throw in some eight tracks <laughs> later <laughs> man i didn't that. mean to go off on that tangent i just had to say like yeah you brought the, our show th- to it i know a, a it's halt. just one of those those things where i was just like you know God. We,
2: do we get time on zoo today at 10 sure absolutely okay, you guys good. come on the show good. i'd love to have you on there thank you we'll watch you play records
3: i'll play records you, you know. cool guy darn you.
2: darn right <laughs> All right, it's been quite a week in sports. Every day there has been drama, most of it from postseason. We had the hockey player with the 75 stitches. We had Draymond Green getting suspended. And, by the way, the Warriors won without him yesterday. We had Scherzer getting suspended 10 games. And then yesterday we may have hit the uh, the, the heights of absurdity as far as uh, officials and players and so forth. Um Mark, if you, you know how they have taste testing, let's say, you know, if you don't know the difference, maybe you want to taste uh, one product versus another, sure. knowing nothing about him, and you say, Lee, I want you to try this, tell me which one you think is better or yeah. which one. So if you placed in front of me video of James Harden uh, in the, I forgot the guy's name that he, uh, O'Neal, O'Neal, he, he elbowed, or Embiid uh, falling down and then, kicking clayton and you say lee which do you think has a better chance of being a flagrant two i would just say mark i it would have to be mb i mean that i mean from the looks of it from being not there and watching it on video i would say if you were had to call a if you had to call a flagrant two it would be mb kicking that guy right around the groin area whereas hardened t- to me, and again, I, you know, I don't play the game at that level. It looked like he just a little shove.
1: Yeah, and it, no, it was it was ridiculous, absolutely absurd. And you and I were talking before we came on the air because I didn't see the whole thing, but uh, the whole game. But I'm wondering, uh, w- there wasn't anything that happened before that put put Harden on a short leash. I don't think
2: he doesn't but that have was that reputation like, let's say, Green. What bothers me, and I, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but. If in fact some of these commentators are saying it was a make good call on Embiid, that doesn't make any sense to me. No, that's. I mean, what? So in other words, one happens early in the game, the other happens in the second half, and you're you're throwing, basically, one of their leading scores. I at the time he may have been their leading score. Uh, he had like 21 points to that point. Harden, you're tossing him as a make good. Because of you, you misfired on Embiid, and the other thing about the Embiid kick was the guy that he kicked got hit with a technical. Clay Claxton, Claxton. Yeah. isn't that amazing? What? Uh, by the way, the 76 is won, and they got three games to none, and nobody ever lost a three games to none lead. Well, we've
1: gotten to the point in society where stepping over an opponent is one of the most egregious. And uh, trash talking worthy type things you can do in sports, especially in basketball, you just don't do it. And Claxon did it. He know he did it. I mean, I'm sure he could come out, you know, tomorrow and say, "Well, I had to land my foot somewhere, right?" He could take the Draymond defense, but uh, we talked about this. This first week of NBA playoffs has really been headline worthy with guys, big names not playing. Ka- Kawhi didn't play yesterday. And with all of the playoff intensity, like fouls, we got Draymond, we got Embiid, Harden. Although I wouldn't classify it as such, but the result was playoff worthy. And then the whole Claxon thing—it's just—it's been—it's just been over the top. But I don't know what the officials were thinking there. And you know, we we talked about whether or not Dray, uh, Draymond deserved what he got with the suspension, and all that. But if that's going to be if that's going to be the, the benchmark, then Embiid has to be gone for for purposely kicking Klaxon. You, just, you can't stomp a guy's chest. You can't kick somebody regardless of where that foot lands.
2: So yesterday I'm watching a lot of hockey, and I'm watching guys get crushed against the board. I'm watching guys get sandwiched around the goalie, you know, double, triple. I'm watching fists, and then I'm looking at the Sixers in this little shove, And the guy gets a flagrant, two. Yeah. And, again, if he had a history, I still wouldn't buy into it, but he doesn't. I don't think hard. Say what you want about him. Maybe his beard's too long. Maybe he gets (laughs) in your way. But does he have a history like Green? No, he doesn't. And why? And this is, look, I'm not the only one saying this. It's pretty much the narrative around the NBA. How in the world? I know after the uh, game, Mark, uh, Barkley and that gang, Smith, uh, Kenny Smith and that, they really went to town on this, and I can understand why. So, I told Mark this stat beforehand. During the regular season, the entire season, there were only 14 flagrant twos, meaning the guy gets hit with the technical and he's thrown out immediately. This week alone, there's been two. There have been 17 postseason games and already two flagrant fouls and you could almost you could make a case for Embiid. Sure. Well, I
1: think one um, intensity, the playoff We always talk about how the, the basketball is so much more intense and better in the, in, in the playoffs. We we want this intensity in the regular season, but ultimately, um, you know, tempers are going to start flaring. But yes, Embiid definitely should have been tossed. Uh, Harden, that was a joke. And look, referees in, in history will, will always look at a coach and say, "I got you, coach. I owe you one. I miss that one." I'm not a big proponent of that because now you're going from one bad call to two because you're purposely calling a bad call just to make good. But I guarantee, there's no way that they tossed Harden as a makeup call on the Embiid. There's just, it's one thing to 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 to, to even up with a with a, a possession call. Or a per, even a personal foul call, but to to toss somebody it should be illegal. It should they they should toss an official from the game, from the league for intentionally tossing a
2: player for no good reason other than well we owe you one. A couple of other things. I look, I like Kawhi Leonard. I always have. I've I've admired his game. I've watched him. I, I saw what he do at Toronto. Unless the guy's on his deathbed. And I know I'm exaggerating. I don't know what the extent of his injury is. You're already missing Paul George. You're in a third game 1-1 series. And you've also been the leading scorer for the first two games. Why are you sitting out? Yeah. Now, I know they said he was injured, but to what degree? I know there's a difference between injured and hurt. And it's very easy for me to sit back here, not injured, not hurt, and spout off about this. But when I saw that Kawhi Leonard, I think it was a calf injury or something like that, unless you are really, really, really in bad shape, you've got to go out there because Kawhi Leonard, even at not 100%, is a lot better than a lot of players that are at 100%. Plus, that scoring option, even if he's out there and he's not shooting or scoring as much, the other team has to pay attention to him as it is. The Suns take Game 3, and... Appear to be in good shape because again, George is out for the postseason, or at least this series, and now we don't know about Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. So you mentioned about superstars getting suspended, getting hurt. It's been what a week. So which was better, guys, Wh- or which was
1: which was better, which was worse in your mind, Draymond's stomp or Embiid's kick? And I'm not talking I'm, about. I'm I'm,
2: not- I'm gonna. You know what? That that's really apples and oranges. But I'm gonna go with the Embiid kick. I think so, too. I am. Because it was so... It wasn't like... Claxton was wrapping his arms around him. He just dunked on him, right, and Embiid went down. Did you see later on well, in the he, game? He
1: stepped over him, and that's a that's big Did you see later no on, yet.
2: though, where Claxton pushed Embiid down on a play later on in the game?
1: No, I saw him steal it and then dunk. He, yeah. he got a steal and went the other Later way in the
2: game, he pushed Embiid. Embiid took a beat. I'll say that. He, he, was, uh, he had to go to the locker room a couple times and, and come out. And I'll give him credit. He made a nice block at the end of the game, but still... Oh well, you know when you're that height and everything, you know the the officials used to maybe you know pick on the other, you know pick on you more so than the the smaller guy. But that way he came up with a kick, and if he had hit right on target number one, he's like, I don't know if Claxton could have played after that. if he if he, had, if he had, had landed if he had landed right in the center zone there, you know, like when you. Shoot bows and arrows and you try to hit right in the circle. The the one shot everybody in the NBA wanted to see yeah. him actually connect on and he missed. All right, a couple, uh, couple things before we get to the break, uh, Mark. Uh, according to this research firm, Alabama football popularity has slipped from second to sixth. We can maybe, if we have time, talk about that a little bit. What really got me though, Mark, listen to this. Put your headset on. Listen to this. Uh, this is according to SBR Net Research Firm. Ohio State's number one, all right? This is in terms of popularity this year. Michigan is two. Penn State's three. Okay, they're in the Midwest and, you know, that Big Ten, the the population up there. But then it drops down to number four, Duke. Duke football? Yeah, man. Come on. Duke football? Look, we, we appreciate Riley Leonard. We're all for it. But Duke football is more popular than Alabama and Georgia? And Notre Dame?
1: So what you're saying is those numbers might be skewed a bit? I,
2: I don't know. I don't know anything about this research firm. They might just be a little off. And here's something for Nick. Uh, they did a poll of about 54 NBA players. Of course, they're not naming them. Why would they? Hawks guard Trey Young voted the league's most overrated player. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. All right. So we're goes. off
1: and running here yeah. on a Friday edition. It's our Dr. Christopher Monick's Championship Drive. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys need to come out and join us for our WNSP draft party uh, on Thursday. We're at walk-ons. Come on by and see us. Uh, We're going to have a great time. We'll be broadcasting the final drive from 3 to 6 leading up to the draft. And as the draft starts, so will our NFL Draft Challenge. We invite our listeners to come out and give uh, their best at predicting the order and players selected in the top ten. We'll keep track. We'll have a running score. The winner with the most points will receive a Traeger grill from Bailey's TV and mattress and a Bryce Young jersey from the vault. We'll have a lot of other stuff out there. We'll have some WNSP t-shirts. We just got a new shipment in. We're going to have a lot of our WNSP personalities out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Come on out and see us, man. It's going to be great at walk-ons for the WNSP Draft Challenge. Here comes your scoreboard traffic and weather. We're here at Sarah Land. It's our Dr. Christopher Mullins championship drive. We're going to talk some uh, soccer first, track on the docket for uh, hour number one. Uh, And, of course, Jeff Kelly will be along later in our show. It's Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP and WNSP.com. Off and running.
4: Hi, I'm Bobby Humphrey, and when I'm in Mobile, I'm listening to WNSP FM 105.5.
1: Welcome in as we uh, continue here from Leone High School. It's our Dr. Christopher Monex Championship Drive. Mark and Lee and Air Sports One
2: brought to you in part by Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm, LNS Air Conditioning, Ward International Trucks, and Riches Car Wash. We. Introduced now, the uh, first year head coach. She's been here for a few years, uh, Tina Orth. Uh, Girls soccer, had a good year, 12 and five. Congratulations. Thank you. uh, What were some of the highlights of the season, the regular season?
5: Um, Just getting to see some of the girls play uh, for a lot of them, for the first time, there were a few girls that didn't get to play last year because of injuries that would have kept them out the whole season, and so just getting to see them like on the field and doing their thing like for the first time ever was really cool for us.
2: When's postseason start?
5: Uh, we start next Thursday. Um, We'll play Robertsdale at 530 at home.
2: Okay. I always like to find out the background now You're not from Mobile or this area or Sarah land So how did you wind up here at Sarah land?
5: So I actually went to the University of Mobile And so after I graduated I moved back down to outside of Tampa um, And we my husband's job actually moved him back up here, and I was like, oh, I actually know that area This is perfect.
2: (laughs) So you were you were competing in high school in Tampa correct okay but how and then you wound up the University of Mobile Yes. it's got that reputation huh? spreads down to Florida
5: (laughs) it does it for sure does Did you have
2: success there
5: I did and I loved every single second of it
2: when uh, did you decide hey I want to coach
5: immediately after I graduated and I started teaching I was kind of thrown into a coaching position at the first school that I taught at Um, they were like oh hey you actually played soccer here and you should definitely coach soccer here (laughs) I was like okay that was not in the game plan. That was not what I originally wanted to do. But now, like, it's it's one of my favorite things, a part of the job.
2: So your husband's job brought you back to Mobile, and that's how you wound up at Sarah Land. Yes, sir. And you took over, what, this year as the full-time head coach? Yes, sir. Congratulations. Thank you.
1: Uh, so tell us a little bit about your team specifically Aaliyah Summers. She is our BFO Brady student athlete of the week All student athletes thank to Todd Weissong for being here today as always you get it They get a free certificate to come by the Tillman's Corner location. They open at 10 a.m. And they get a uh, complimentary meal But tell us a little bit about her and, and some of her teammates.
5: Um, so Aaliyah Summers is one of our uh, defenders She plays central back defense and so she is our strongest defender on the team um, she has over 20 stops per game. And so that looks a little bit different from a goalie. Like, she's not saving the shots. She's not getting shot on, but she's stopping those defensive advances um, before they get to our goalie, which is really nice. And that gives her a big break. Um, like, if we didn't have
6: Aaliyah, we'd probably be
5: in a very different yeah. situation. Um, but she works really well with her teammates. Like, not only is she a defensive player, but she knows how to make those offensive plays to get the balls up to the forwards. And sometimes she'll just take the ball up herself which is really cool too.
1: What's uh what was the biggest surprise for you coaching? Like what I mean everybody has an idea of what coaching is, especially those that have right. played, but what was like the biggest surprise?
5: Um I guess it would just have to be like the different every year like the team is different yeah and so it's not like you can have the same kids for four years but every year like those kids are different because they're also growing and maturing and it's cool to see like how they grow and mature like not just on the field but like as a person as a whole
1: yeah hey well thank you so much for stopping by best of luck uh I tell everybody again uh when you guys are playing
5: thursday night 5 30 at sarah Lynn high school who you got robertsdale
1: that's gonna be a win
5: it's gonna be one. Oh, there you go well <laughs> hey
1: congratulations on all the success we wish you the best of luck thank you
5: uh, so much and forward.
2: grab a NSP shirt before you leave how's that all right this is the first time we're doing that
1: yeah how about that so I wanted to uh, tell you guys quickly uh, by the way if you are within a year of uh, retirement if you're looking at Medicare there's a lot of questions, a lot of misinformation, and quite frankly, a lot of information. Aiden Marks, Medicare Insurance Advisors. He's been in the business for more than 13 years. He's an independent guy. He can help you with those issues. So um, we've talked a lot about how he he had a client was asking if he needed Medicare. To go with his VA benefits. In his situation, the answer was no, he didn't. But in some situations, that might actually be the case. So those are the type of things that he deals with. Give him a call, 463-0031. That's 463-0031. Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors. You can go see him at his office at Highway 98 at Terry Thompson Chevrolet, across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet. Again, 463-0031. Todd Weissong, he's in the house, and the music's starting. I know. What's up with that? I guess Nick
7: is telling us to get off.
1: No, well, I wanted to play you off because, well, I just felt like being that guy today.
7: Yeah, that's really nice of you. I appreciate that this morning, Mark. Tell everybody what time you open up and what the specialist is. 10 o'clock, fish and chips.
1: 10 a.m., the man's opening up for lunch. (laughs) Can't find another place in the area that does that, that I know about. All right, you going to hang with us for a little bit? Yeah, man, I'll be. All right, uh, we come back. Uh, we'll talk some track right here at Sarah Lance to Dr. Chris Ramonek's Championship Drive right here on the Sports Station WNSP.
8: You don't want them to feel like they're going through a summertime individual workout. Five seconds of the shot clock here for Phoenix. Booker to the corner. Up Stop and in. Stop it. Stop it. Devin Booker. Stop it.
1: 6.32, welcome back in. A little uh, NBA action for you right there on the sports station WNSP. It's our Dr. Christopher Bonnick's championship drive. We're at Sarah Land High School in uh, air sports one continue with your comments in the app at wnsp.com a lot of what we do here uh, made possible our good friend todd weissong here at beefo brady's he joins
7: us here on wnsp always making the rounds man the first time you got up to sarah land yeah last year i don't know what i had going on i just knew i couldn't make it last year for some reason i said well i'm going to make it this year because i love it out here yeah it's uh it's it's a beautiful facility as always and you you're just a sucker
1: for spring sports
7: i do i I love the spring sports i love giving back to those people that just don't get the same order that everybody else does uh, i know these kids are doing the same kind of work same kind of practices and i need to you know get notarized just as much as everybody else does so
1: we talk uh, a lot about Beef brady's uh, and we joke that you're open at 10 that's a good thing people maybe not for todd every morning but for you guys it is but you guys we talk a lot of, about it a lot right you kind of have that sports kind of restaurant feel but it's 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 intimate it's a great family environment uh, day or night
7: yeah, I mean that's what we try to make it as. You know, our, you know, you want to come in and watch a sports game. We're going to have it on our twenty-five TVs throughout the restaurant. Um, but, you know, basically we're, we're looking for the families to come in and just enjoy a good meal. Uh, we're trying to make it as affordable as possible. We know the prices have gone up everywhere kind of thing, but we're trying to make it very affordable for families to come in and really get a good meal and, and have a good service and good experience.
1: Alright, speaking of service, you guys are like everybody these days, always looking for people to come by and, and look for job opportunities. What's the best way for them to do it?
7: Yeah, they'll just contact the store, uh, 661-3346, contact myself, Todd, or contact my GM, Matt, and let him know, whatever else, and we'll set up an interview time. Um, we're looking for everybody. Kitchen, whether you're whether you're experienced or not experienced, it doesn't really matter because in this world today, we can always teach the best people and know how to do a forward kind of thing.
1: All right, uh, I can
7: I can just put your cell phone number in the app. No, no cell phones. Yeah. I'm I'm sure Alex isn't doing anything this summer, so you know I think Alex needs a job, doesn't he? Well, he, well, <laughs>
1: it, we can negotiate something off the air. How about that? Okay. He currently has a, a position somewhere else. However. <laughs> If you want to jump in the employment transfer portal, okay, uh, we, think, we we can talk. We can talk. I think that's something new. We could actually do restaurant portals now. You know, we there can actually you go. change some people out. Hey, you uh, know, seriousness. Thank you so much for everything you do for for these kids uh, across the uh, the area. It's, it's 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 great. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, uh, we're
2: here at Surland, and you have our next guest, Mr. Cervanian. We do, but I also want to thank uh, Will Barnes and the family of McDonald's restaurants, Career's Markets, and Cash Saver as well as Rich's Car Wash. Time to talk track and field with uh, my good friend Matt Dearman, who is the uh, head coach. Good morning.
9: Good morning, guys. How are we
2: this morning? Wonderful. uh, Is the regular season still going? Are you ready for postseason, or you still got any more meets to go?
9: We uh, finished up our regular season this week. We had a meet at at UMS Wednesday. Uh, We will be traveling next Friday and Saturday to Wetumpka for our sectional meet
2: you know uh, many times we get the alabama high school athletic association sending us the releases and it seems like every other week or every week ryan williams and morgan davis are at the top of that
9: they are uh we are we're blessed to have those two with us um it's it's a good feeling getting off the bus each week knowing that those two are are there at the meet yeah what are their specialties so ryan runs the 100 and 200 and 400 Uh, He's currently ranked number one in the state in the 100 and 200. Uh, He's second in the state in the 400, and he's second in the state in the high jump. And then uh, Morgan, she does the one, the two, the long jump, and the uh, high jump as well.
1: My guess is as a track coach, your biggest, your toughest job is to decide which event those two aren't
9: going to run at a track meet. Sure. Uh, Me and Morgan have have a conversation just about every week. Um, you know, she, she, she runs the 400, she runs the 200, she runs, you know, she likes to run on the relay team. Um, so we, we've got to decide, you know, how the, how the order of events works out and, and what's the best things to put her in. And, and same way with Ryan.
2: Can anybody outrun Ryan?
9: It has happened. Um, not very often uh he he does a really good job and and he's a really hard worker i'll tell you one of the things about ryan and Morgan's the same way but uh you know a lot of things get overlooked about ryan is when we get back here at at night late at night on the bus you know of all people he's he's the last one off picking up trash and and making sure the bus is clean before we take it back so Really special kid
2: I can imagine so besides those two. What, what are the other strengths of the Saraland track team as you look down the road?
9: So our, our girls team is, uh, is 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 we've got a lot of seniors going to be going to be leaving us this year. Um, but we, we've got some young young athletes. they're, they're stepping up into some key roles for so uh, Breland Jones is one of our 400 meter runners and one of our hurdlers. She's uh, she does a really good job for us. Uh, S- uh, Samaria Mason, also one of the, one of the top high jumpers in the state, uh, does great for us. Myron Dunklin, he's he's running for us as well. Uh, good one-two punch with him and him and Ryan in the 100 and 200. Chelsea Watson is is a key leg for us on our 4x400 four meter relay team. So we've got a lot of pieces that that we that we use each week
1: well our Beef Brady student athletes of the week this might shock you coach I'm glad you're sitting down (laughs) Ryan Williams Morgan Davis
9: and and they are scheduled to uh join us a little bit later in our show so yeah they were they were uh I I thought they were coming this morning with me and so uh too early I I texted them yesterday when coach Kelly sent out the final schedule and I said hey guys uh 7:30, And yeah. so they were really relieved that they didn't have to be here. This
1: well, the, one of the reasons we wanted them to come on an hour after you was because we, we feel like they could give us an honest assessment of the coaching here sure. at Sarah Land. Sure. Uh, and with you here, maybe that might impact what they say or, or more importantly, what they don't say.
9: Well, I, I tell people all the time, in terms of in terms of especially those two, one of my biggest jobs is I, I do drive the bus So. Uh, Making sure they get to the meat is uh, is the biggest job.
2: Matt, when you were quarterbacking South Alabama's club team, <laughs> if you had Ryan, well, if you had Ryan Williams as a receiver, would your career take it off?
9: Oh, ain't no doubt. There's no doubt at all. Just just throw it out there, children.
2: See, so you didn't have it. You didn't have a Ryan Williams did to not, throw to. Didn't
9: have a Ryan Williams. So,
2: right, let me ask you, from the football perspective, since you are an assistant coach, uh, the news yesterday, Lipscomb of Tennessee coming here, open up your season.
9: Yes, sir. We are fired up about that. Um, very excited to get the season started off that way. You know, give you a true test of, of where you are.
2: Yeah, that that's really remarkable, and and I'm glad for you. You don't have to travel to Tennessee. Sure,
9: sure, absolutely. I, I, coming here in Spartan Stadium, that's that's always a uh, advantage for us. So
2: okay. you drive the bus to the track
1: meets. We have our own bus. Absolutely. Driver. I'm thinking we put y'all at the line quarter mile
9: see it comes off fire see, yeah, fa-
2: fast and furious 10 and a half
9: <laughs> see what happens would this be a more
2: enjoyable vehicle for you to drive than the regular bus or for oh you?
9: absolutely not absolutely yeah. not <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty. Abs- yeah it does it purrs like a kid we don't <laughs> have
2: we don't have as much garbage
1: that's true sure your that's bus true. does that's <laughs> true uh well we appreciate you stopping by man uh congratulations sure. on all the success uh i know um so, are you guys are you guys doing spring, or are we are we
9: adding a week in the fall here for, for uh, football? We are. So, how's that working for you and your schedule? So, so Coach Kelly does a great job. We uh, we we will get to finish up um, track. Some of our some of our athletes will kind of do some double duty. Okay. And uh, but but yeah, we he'll he'll he works around everything. Some will practice on days that that you know that. They don't have practice with football and 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 we've got three coaches that coach football and track So we all work together here like coach Orth was here earlier um, She's she's playing her game uh, The day before our sectional meet because half our distance team plays soccer. So yeah, we all we all work together here, so
1: so no rest for the weary.
9: No rest. All
1: right. Well, hey, thank you so much for getting up early with us. Yes, sir. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'll let you know how the the uh, the conversation goes with some of your. Let your them
9: rad- know. I'll be listening. Let them know. Oh uh, no, be no, I'm not, I'm not gonna tell <laughs> them that.
1: All right. So let's go ahead and do this. So let's go ahead and break now, uh, and then what we'll do is we'll come back and wrap up hour number one. We'll talk. Um, we'll talk a little softball. Hour number two. We'll talk some baseball. Ryan Williams and Morgan Davis are scheduled to join us at uh, 7.30. We'll talk to Jeff Kelly as well. You guys can continue in the app. We've asked, which was worse, Draymond's stomp or Embiid's kick? You guys let us know in the app. Also, uh, unofficially, we'll we'll have a little contest today. What's going to be the official attendance number of Alabama's A-Day game? Give us a call. Let us know. Maybe we'll take some. Maybe we'll throw a couple golf passes at you if you if you're, if you're closest to the pen without going over, without going over. We'll have a little fun with that today. All right, Dr. Chris Formol, next championship drive right here on the Sports Station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Don't go
8: anywhere.
10: Everybody, Jennifer Hale here from the NFL on Fox, and you're listening to 105.5 WNSP in Mobile.
4: Base for the Dodgers, just one out. Outman
0: puts a charge into one to right field. James Outman, did you? Grand slam, and the Dodgers up 6-2 in the ninth.
1: Hey, it's 647. Welcome back in. Wrapping up our number one of a three-hour edition of our Dr. Christopher Mullenix Championship Drive. Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1. We're on the campus of Sarah Land.
2: All right. Uh, our sponsor, of course, is Dr. Christopher Mullenix, Mobile Oral and Facial Surgery. Let's check in with him right now. Chris, good morning. How are you today?
11: I'm doing well, good morning. Guys. Thank you.
2: Good. Let me ask you something. You know, obviously, I've often talked about the procedure for dental implants, and I don't even know what's going on because I'm asleep and everything. But from an oral surgeon standpoint, what is the most difficult thing you have to deal with?
11: You know, there's a lot of difficulties. Every patient is different, every patient brings a different set of circumstances. Uh, medical history certainly plays into it. You know, we deal with a lot of patients who have pretty extreme dental anxiety or had a very bad experience or bad treatment somewhere else. So we're always trying to overcome all these different facets. Uh, With dental implants specifically, uh, the biggest problem we have with patients is do they have adequate bone to be able to put the implants in? And and a lot of patients don't have any bone loss. It's a very simple procedure. Some patients have significant or considerable bone loss. At times, we have to do grafting in preparation for the implant. So... You know, whatever the circumstance, whatever the difficulty, we typically have a solution and we can overcome.
1: Doc, I got a, a pre- I've had a pressing question for you all week long. So I may, you may or may not have seen this, but during the NHL playoffs, uh, there was an incident where uh, one of the guys took a skate to the face. The, the blade was up. He literally fell on it. He needed 75 stitches and then returned in the second period of the game. So my question to you, sir – if you had to, how many, how long would it take you to put in, put, do seventy-five stitches in a face?
11: You know, if it's an NHL player who's trying to get back for the second period, I could probably do it in about five minutes. Uh, it might not be really? the job, but I could stick him back together. Yeah, I mean, they just tagged him back together. That's not a, not a cosmetic closure. I have a feeling they, after the game, went back and revised all that. But they were just trying to get him put back together enough where he could go back and play. Pretty significant injury. You know, there's more to it than just reapproximating the skin. There's anatomical structures that have to be evaluated. And, you know, under the circumstances, I think they did a fine job, but pretty difficult to to do everything you need to do in 15 minutes between periods. So um, I have a feeling he had uh, an event that evening or the next morning where they did a very (laughs) uh, complicated (laughs) evaluation and closure. But under the circumstances, I applaud their efforts.
2: Do you, have you done, I, I'm assuming you've done
11: stitches then, right? Oh, gosh, yeah. We I used to do a considerable amount of trauma, uh, gunshot wounds, car accidents. I mean, it, it, we've we've done it all. Uh, those wounds are, are, you know, it's amazing how well people heal uh, because at the time of injury, they can look pretty gruesome. It, it just requires time and attention to detail, especially when you're dealing with the face. You know, you, you can't hide a mistake on someone's face, so you want to take your time. Well, you want to do the best you can, and And a lot of times, with one you know procedure, you can put things back together. But unfortunately, with more involved injuries, it sometimes requires stage surgery.
1: Well, Doc, I'm I'm throwing out a challenge. I say next Friday, you come out here and we'll 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 use we'll use as a dummy, and we'll I'll bring the stop clock or stopwatch (laughs) and time you. We'll see how many you can get done in five minutes.
11: Uh, I can do it. You know, know I'm not sure Lee's going to volunteer, but I'm available if that's if that's the chat
2: the path. No pain, just a little discomfort. I'm okay with that. Yeah, give him some of that secret sauce that he's always talking about, I'll, man. He'll, he'll bring, love
11: it. I'll bring the juice. That way he won't care. But uh, <laughs> Just, just don't, don't brave we'll me on Christian. the final result. <laughs> me on the time.
2: Exactly. I've never had a stitch. <laughs> well, there's a first time for everything. <laughs>
1: hey, uh, Doc, we really do appreciate everything uh, you do for us here at WNSP and for uh, local high school athletes. Tell folks the best way to get in touch with you. Uh, and uh, when's the best time to do it?
11: Absolutely. Well, first of all, I love being part of this. I love what you guys do for the community and for our high school athletes. And the fact that you're willing to uh, do the spring sports and bring notoriety to these, these athletes it's really really means a lot to me. So I'm, I'm happy and proud to be part of it. We're, we're easy to reach. Phone number 251-471-3381, and that's answered 24-7. We have a presence on the web, of course, mobileoralsurgery.com.
1: Hey, have a great weekend. We appreciate it again. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend.
2: Thanks, Chris. Dr. Christopher Mullinex, we uh, continue our coverage of Saraland Spring Sports, talking now to uh, softball coach Donna Sunnycabble, who's also the uh, women's athletic director here at Sarah Land. Good morning.
12: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
2: Uh, let's get to the softball team. You're top ten.
12: Uh, yes, sir. We are. We're currently number eight in 6A.
2: And it was this Did you see this coming with this year's team?
12: Um, I knew that they had the potential But you know for us to get statewide notoriety is always a big deal
2: So where do we stand with the regular season versus postseason?
12: So we are uh, headed up uh, to Hoover, Alabama today to play in our last tournament of the year And then we have two more regular season games here next week and then we actually start the area tournament Monday and Tuesday here and then that begins our uh, postseason play.
2: Do you know who you're going to be facing in the area tournament?
12: I do. We'll face Blunt first round. And then um, after that, uh, it'll be between Theodore and Murphy
2: why schedule Hoover at this point as you're getting ready for postseason? Uh,
12: because we're not going to get better uh, if we're not playing good competition. And there's a ton of teams up there. This tournament's been going on for nearly 40 years. And every time that we go up there, there's like just top 10 teams in every classification. And, uh, you know, I just think our girls need to see it. And I think that, and think and believe that they can compete up there with the rest of these teams in the state.
2: When, when they have a tournament like this, do they just throw classifications out the window?
12: Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's sir. just
2: one winner, right?
12: Yes, sir. Like today we're playing, uh, 7A fourth-ranked Thompson and 7A, uh, uh, or I think Hoover may be ranked fourth and Thompson's eighth or something like that, but we're playing two 7A top ten teams today.
2: And are they as good, let's say, in, in their particular sports as their football programs are, much like Saraland football and so
12: forth? Yes, sir, I would venture to say that they are. Uh, So tell us about Bree Hughes, she's our
1: BFO Brady's Student Athlete of the Week, she'll receive a complimentary meal, compliments of BFO Brady's and Tillman's Corner.
12: Uh, Bree Hughes is uh, our starting shortstop since she's been an 8th grader here with us, she's now a junior. Um, She is just a phenomenal athlete, a great person, a great teammate. Um, She's currently leading uh, our team with a 560 batting average with 109 plate appearances um, she has several extra base hits, um, she has 10 home runs, she has one of the th- one of my favorite stats to, to say about Bree is, is that um, she has 61 total hits and she has 62 runs so that tells <laughs> you right there when she gets on base that, yeah. that she's going to score. I mean she's just an awesome kid and a great teammate and um, I'm very proud that she's playing for us.
2: Alright, uh, let's uh, move forward. Athletic director of women's sports. Uh, how give us an overview of how the women's sports have done this spring
12: I think that the women's sports have done really well this spring. Um, I know that uh, Our soccer team is in postseason play and so that's a big deal We haven't done that in a few years and I hope that we're gonna join them in the regional tournament and um, You know, I'm just I'm very proud of our, our women's sports We've, We just hired a new girls basketball coach at Amanda Niehoff, and Amanda um, Nehoff and I'm super excited about what she's going to bring to our women's athletic department uh, for girls basketball
2: Donna. Thank you ever so much. Well, thank luck. you so much Looking Hoover. Thank okay. you. Okay mark. Uh, we will carry the Alabama a day game tomorrow at 1 I talked to Chris Stewart yesterday. He's certainly looking forward to it uh, And if really unless you stream uh, you won't be able to find out what's going on unless you listen to WNSP because it's not being uh, Televised like uh, it normally was in the past. You know, we did pose the question what kind of attendance would you think? Uh you know, remember Nick Saban back when the first year was basically a sellout and it, it went off the charts. But uh in, in this day and age now, uh do you think it'll go over forty thousand? I kinda I'm putting my guess at thirty eight thousand. I'm going under forty for sure. I went thirty
1: eight. Yeah, I, I might go under thirty eight. Um Although there might be some in, I, there might be some intrigue there because of the quarterback play. I think people are curious to see how that's going to play out. And look, the fact that it's not as accessible as it has been on television might add to it, but my gut tells me that we've kind of we've we've kind of played this
2: whole spring game thing out across the country. Now, so, I'm going to go under. Let me amend when I say 38. I'm considering it's going to be a nice day. Obviously, if the weather turns sour, It'll be considerably less. But if the weather's nice and you, you've got, you know, basically no rain, no precipitation, you know, they do have a lot of other activities up there. And I know many, many Alabama fans look forward to taking their kids up there and, you know, the the captain's walk and all that kind of stuff, you know. So, you know, 35 to 38 makes sense to me. I can't see it going over 40.
1: So the maybe the most uh, interesting comment that Nick Saban made yesterday wasn't about, you know, the quarterbacks and whether or not we'll glean anything off spring or which roster they're on, but was more about the transfer portal. Uh, you know, a lot of people are, there are some out there that have suggested that he could go to the portal for a quarterback even after the spring game, and others uh, that we've gotten feedback from, especially some of our listeners, said Saban's not going to the transfer portal. Yesterday, he said Alabama kind of has the opportunity to bring guys in. Now, he wasn't talking about any specific uh, position but I think I think there's a good possibility. I don't know if he will, but he's certainly open to the idea of it, Lee, and, and that's something that people have, have thought was I can't not believe possible.
2: anybody out there would think that a coach is not gonna look to the portal to improve their team. I mean it's become so familiar to us and you know Alabama's had success. Uh, you, you see Gibbs the running back from Georgia Tech, maybe one of the top running backs coming out in the NFL draft next Thursday. But you can't convince me, or you can't tell me that no co- uh, any coach out there is not going to look to the portal to improve his team, especially now with you have three or four, and who knows, maybe more after the spring game. Alabama players getting into the portal.
1: Yeah, well, he made it a point. He said he'd rather stay with the guys that are on the team, and I and I think I think everybody would agree with that statement. But look, he this is a guy that processes guys out, right? Notorious for that. There's no reason to believe that he wouldn't do that if he wasn't going to bring somebody in that he thought could help the team immediately. And I don't know who that
2: guy would be. Nick's, Nick's goal, like any coach, is to win the national title. Alabama's closer than most schools are. They haven't won it for a few years now. He wants to win the title. If he can find a player... Or two in the portal that he thinks is going to get him there, he's doing it. And even if if that guy's a quarterback, absolutely, there's no way in the world you can anybody can call up here or app in and say, "Oh, Nick's okay. He's he's set with this roster." No way that any coach out there is going to be. And look, we've had coaches on who have talked about that that they're constantly looking and evaluating the portal.
1: All right. So coming up in hour number two, we'll talk some baseball, uh, track stars. Ryan Williams and Morgan Davis expected to join us. Jeff Kelly will be along as well. It's our Dr. Christopher Mullinex Championship Drive. From Sarah Land High School, we're in Air Sports 1. You're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP and WNSP.com.
0: Hey, it's 7.04,
1: our number two here on this Friday edition. It's our Dr. Christopher Malnick's championship drive.
2: Mark and Lee, we're in Air Sports 1. Man, we're at the land, Lee. We are, and we have a uh, almost a standing-room-only crowd here in Air Sports 1 with more to come. But we have some exciting news. Of course, we're going to tell you, Jeff Kelly will be joining us to tell us why Lipscomb is on the schedule. Uh, that's coming up uh, in the NBA. Uh, if you followed the Sixers' uh, win yesterday, it was a crazy game. Harden got a flagrant two out. MB did not, even though he kicked uh, Claxton. It was a wild game. We'll get into that later on also. The Suns go 2-1 up on the Clippers, who played without uh, Kwan Leonard. And uh, some of the uh, headlines around the state, baseball playoffs are underway. And Bayside Academy beat Hanley in a doubleheader. So they move on to the second round. Let's check in with Brett Batwell, whose team is in the top ten in high school baseball in 6A. Brett, good morning. How are you today?
13: Good morning, guys. How you all doing? You're in the, uh,
2: what's going on with the uh, playoffs today for you?
13: We open up, uh, but tonight at um, the four thirty and seven against Brookwood in the, on the first round of the state playoffs, and, and um, he, he, you
2: know, so right now this is uh, the the fun time of the year for all of us. This has been a really, really good year for you. Is this one of your better teams entering postseason? Uh, well, well, we started off the year with a really tough schedule.
13: Uh, we went and tried to play um, every a defending state champion uh, from four A up. Uh, than our state and then we also ran into um, Lewisburg uh, out of uh, North Mississippi. That was a really good program and played IMG uh, the Academy then a tournament and uh, you know and, and we started off from the six and five and then um, we've kind of you know done well of late we won 16 out of 18 and uh, you know but uh, you know our
2: guys are uh, they're ready for the playoffs. You were a very good pitcher high school. You went to college as a pitcher. Stu Fuller, of course, I followed his career with South Alabama. He's listed as the pitching coach, but who do both of you work with the pitchers, or is it his gig or what? Uh, he, he's like our uh, mechanic on staff. Uh, he does
13: the really uh, the really good job in game stuff and, and um, getting our guys ready for the game. Um, coach Braun, uh, the Evan Braun calls uh, our pitches uh, during the game and. Handles kind of our uh, a defensive side of that, but uh, you know uh, them two, they're really good together. Uh, tell us about Bryson Goff. He's our BFO
1: Brady's student athlete of the week, and and I know uh, he's not the only one, but certainly the one being uh, not
13: um, presented today. He's uh, he's been the four-year starter for us. Uh, you know, uh, his first year was uh, the COVID year, and he threw uh, three or four times that year for us, and. Uh, had some um, really good starts and, and just kind of been our game. One guy, you know, the past couple of years and uh, Bryson really the last um, three weeks uh, has probably pitched his um, um, best ball, you know, in uh, his four years and uh, his last three starts. He's thrown the one hitter in each game and had a, a 13 strikeouts against faith and then uh, 11 against Murphy and then um, 13 against uh, Theodore and, and uh, you know, and, and he's kind of uh, getting hot at the right time entering the
2: playoffs Brett that well as the head baseball coach at Sarah Land. any s- Significance playing at home at, uh, with your field. I mean, I know you like to stay home So you don't travel but does your playing at your field give you any Added uh, let's say asset uh, that teams aren't familiar with well uh, Everybody likes to play at home in the
13: playoffs and, and uh, just uh, just um, being on campus all day uh Having uh, some meals brought in before the game and eat and VP um, on your field and, and just staying in your same routine and, uh, you know, and, and that always
2: helps. What's the personality of this year's team? Is it pitching, hitting, fielding, combination? What what, what sticks out? Uh, Pitching's been um,
13: really, really good here of late. Uh, you know, um, um, we talked about Bryce and um, Evan Hillier's been outstanding. Uh He's really been outstanding the past some but two years for us and Cam uh, uh, cam warrens uh, Been really good too, and uh, you know, and, and we got some team speed we got uh, Our outfield right now is you know, they stolen about on the 40 bases and uh, we got a shortstop uh, Brooks Womble, that's uh, stole on 26 bases So, you know their team speed is really good to get to the promised land the state championship
2: Who are the hurdles to really have to clear? Uh, first uh, Brookwood tonight. <laughs> I know that, but I mean down <laughs> the road. Tonight. Who are the teams that are really stick out
13: this year in 6A? Uh, you know, Hearts was always good. You, you know, they they've been in there the past um, um a couple years. uh Oxford's having a really good year up north, and, and Mount Brook, and you know, and you know, them teams are gonna have to play each other. Uh, San Hope Elmore, there's really good in the south. Uh, Northridge, Helena, Topka I mean, I mean, it's. Um, um, the six-eight baseball it, it is a very, very tough.
1: So the the football coach is coming and going here. I'm just curious since he's he's leaving, we can ask this question: What's what would be would it be easier for a baseball coach to coach football on the high school level, or would it be easier for a football coach to coach baseball?
13: Well, I'm with him uh, every day. Uh, I coach uh, the football as well, but he he always gets upset when. Uh, you know if we have a coach that has to be in in a, a faculty meeting or something and, and he gets upset that that I don't ask him to come out there and throw um, bat practice this and that yeah but when I do something always comes up you know he's yeah. get he's got the college coach coming here um, to meet with him and this and that but uh, coach Kelly was a really 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 good baseball player uh, um, we grew up together and playing and uh, he always threw the big games and and uh, uh, you know, but then he went to um, football only, you know. But I get it, too. I mean, he was the big-time quarterback as well. But So
1: both of you might be able to answer this question for me, though. Uh, so Max Scherzer, as you know, has been in the news. Um, rosin and Sweat, how sticky
13: does a glove get? It gets really sticky. Sticky enough to get yeah. to get tossed. You know, I mean, Max, Max did it, you know, the other day, but uh, Coach Kelly did that when we were 10, 11, and 12. <laughs> so when I saw Max Scherzer like being upset, I was like, "That that's that's true." Cause How
2: closely the do they Kelly... check baseball <laughs> pictures coming off? Do they still? Do they check? They don't. Just... They don't.
13: But I mean, it, it's any time an umpire um, sees a ball, I mean that, yeah. You know, with any question, they're throwing it out and getting new ones. Do you so. want
2: to rebut what he said, or do you want to come on, Jeff, and answer? Uh,
1: Apparently the yeah. the accusations are at 12 yeah. years old. You were um, quite the um, innovator. I was yeah. gonna say innovator.
2: You were Max Scherzer before Max Scherzer. <laughs> <laughs> testing one two. Yeah yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you keep that oh, up. Man. Yeah we're, we're testing right.
14: So I, I want to just bring. We were both 10 and and I'm throwing. I'm pitching and he's in Coach Bowles' bat and he hits two over the swing set off of me at Amelia Park and he comes around first base with a fist pump, pointing at me, talking smack, all that kind of stuff. 10 years old. So when you the got, disrespect. So when you I get the disrespect like that, you <laughs> got to come with any kind of thing to try to even. Right. Did you, you knock know,
2: him down the next time he came up? Uh, you know, rising. High and tight. And high and tight. High
14: and tight. <laughs> he was like a foot taller than everybody else. Everybody was, you know, you had to be careful to go high
13: and tight on Coach Bowell. But he, was, he had you know, the knuckle curve is what he called it. but. We all know it's rising and sweat. <laughs> <laughs> so the only ten-year-old
14: in Sarah Land with a full beard, and he still hired you, was Brett. Coach <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, So
14: are we did, did like... we is this before the age of birth certificates and stuff? Is that what you're is that uh, what you're saying, Coach? Uh, I've known him long long enough to know his birth certificate is correct. But uh, no, we had some good times playing. Good gracious, man! Some of the best. We still talk about them. You know, we had some big games against. The St. Paul's coach, Ham Barnett. Yeah. The Gordo coach, Gus Smith, all mm-hmm. those guys. Uh, it was kind of a.
2: Can you go out and pitch batting practice now? Well, I never
14: get asked. I never get asked. You know, and we've, we've faced some really good pitchers, and, and I would think that, you know, like when we're, we're facing Nace that could bring it with like, you know, 90 plus, whatever, that I'm always ready, but I never get that opportunity. It, it goes so. back
13: to what we talked about when he left, that as soon as. As soon as I asked him, he's got the college coach coming in and got the football duties to do. And so, When's your next uh, BP? 130. 130? <laughs> <laughs> it's so close to playoff time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't want our
14: guys to get, you know, have confidence issues going into the night. You know what I mean? So,
1: Or worse uh,
13: yet, he accidentally beans one of them because it's been a minute. Does anybody right?
2: throw a knuckle curve in high school?
13: Yeah, I mean, some guys do. Well, there's a great story behind that.
14: See, because, you know, there was a there was an old family friend of, of our families who had his second and third finger was cut off in an accident. And so he had two nubs right there. His name was Gerald Sullivan. And so that's who I grew up playing catch with in the yard a ton. And so he taught me the knuckle curve, which for him was a regular pitch because, <laughs> because he didn't have, you know, a second, and third finger. And so
1: uh, it was deadly. <laughs> what was his nickname? He had to have a nickname No,
14: he, You know and, and
2: he's he's uh, he's still around and there was a major leaguer way back Mordecai Brown who was missing some fingers, right. They Just called him three finger brown
14: <laughs> That was a deadly pitch. It would fall off Did the you, table. you, you, you play baseball
2: it. at such at all.
14: Yeah, I played a couple years a couple years had had uh, Surgery one year on an ACL deal in 10th grade played ninth and 11th grade
2: did you ever surgery, Brett? Did you have to arm surgery at all?
13: Yes, sir. I had elbow and shoulder surgery. Is it possible
2: for a pitcher not to these days? The way they throw.
13: There's a lot of them that that don't. Uh, you know, I think a lot of it's some God given too. You know, just um, but it's just crazy just seeing how the velocities have gone up and.
2: Well, how hard they throw in high school?
13: Do you get up to ninety five? There's there's a couple of guys that have you know. You know, I mean you take the bronze kid over there the couple of years ago that um, UMS yeah. he, he could and they said that uh, Stanhope elmore's got uh, um, two or three guys there, are 90 to 94 you know and, and hartswell's got a guy that's been up to 95.96 this year so well guys uh we need to get
1: a Alabama high School association coaches like slow pitch softball game or something going here if there is such thing as an off-season, we need to get you guys. We'd have a chance to have a team now. I, I think so, uh, representing. We'll make this happen. No doubt. All right. Well, uh, Coach, I know you're going to stop by uh, a little bit later here. So let's get you scoreboard traffic and weather. Uh, best of luck with baseball tonight, Coach. Thank you, guys. We really, we really appreciate you. you stopping by. Uh, we'll do scoreboard traffic and weather here. We'll catch up with Alec Naiman. Uh Track stars Ryan Williams and Morgan Davis expected to join us here in uh, the studios here of WNSP. Which is, of course, Air Sports One. And, of course, Jeff Kelly will be back a little bit later in our show. All right, continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. We also got to tell you about our WNSP draft party. It is set, it's going to be great. We'll give you all the information when we come back as well. It's a Dr. Chris Vermonix championship drive right here on the sports station, WNSP.
12: Rutledge with ESPN. You're listening to WNSP 105.5. Keep it right here for the best sports
8: information in Mobile.
1: Here on the Dr. Chris Ramonides Championship Drive, Mark and Lee, we're in uh, Mobile Studios of Air Sports, one where on the campus of Saraland.
2: A couple other quick notes: We were at St. Paul's yesterday, and one of their alums, uh, Bryce Huff, has re-signed with the Jets for over four mil. And the baseball playoffs did open up yesterday. Bayside got into action. Third-rated. And uh, they won a double header still advance to this second round. Let's talk some food. Let's talk to catering. Let's talk to Alec Name. And Alec, we're at Sarah Land High School today. What are you up to this today and uh, this weekend?
15: Hey, man, well, we We've got a weekend full of weddings and uh, activities like that, and uh, all that kind of. stuff you know, my my jags are on a four game winning streak, and they're gonna gonna be on the road to Georgia State, so we we excited about to keep on winning. You know, of course, we got graduations and teacher appreciation things going on here in the next few weeks, and all that kind of stuff. Got the regatta going to be down at Dolphin Island next weekend. I think the Mobile Yacht Club is the host there. And I I was going to tell you, I went out to a a meat place, Mason Hill Farms, out there in Grand Bay yesterday, watched them process some cattle, man, and they actually have a wonderful steak. I cooked one last night. It was great. So I kind of recommend my Mason Hill Farm guys out there. They are a wonderful group of people. Anyhow, you just give us a call at uh, 473-3900. Look us up on the web, com. Follow us on Facebook. We've got casseroles and gumbo's and all that kind of stuff in our in our retail freezers. So we'll stop by our location on Dolphin Island Parkway and pick your shop out of our little freezer there and have a great weekend, guys. And y'all are like, go Jags because we need some more wins. You know what I
1: mean?
2: Thank he, you, Alec. All right, appreciate him coming on. And the Jags are at uh, uh, their home. Uh, they're hosting uh, Georgia State, so we'll tell you what happens on.
1: Monday. All right, while you guys are got your calendars out, um, cross out Thursday. You're going to be busy uh, Thursday afternoon for our WNSP draft party. That's right. It's set at Walk-Ons next Thursday, the day of the draft. From 3 to 6, the final drive is going to be broadcasting from Walk-Ons. You guys can come out, meet Corey, meet Michael. We'll be out there as well. We got some new WNSP gear, some T-shirts we're just going to give away. So come on out there and then take part in our WNSP draft challenge uh, a little bit much like what we did last year we'll give you a chance to predict the order and players selected in the top 10 of the draft now triple g will be out there he'll be tabulating scores you're going to get a, there's a certain point total for each he'll sort it all out for us at the end of the night the one with the most points lee will get a traeger grill from bailey's tv and mattress and and a bryce young jersey from the vault and uh, we're going to have a great time out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. We encourage you all to come out and um, hit us up. Had a great response to our NCAA March Madness party. We want that same response
2: this Thursday night. Come watch the draft with us. Mark, I was looking at some mock drafts yesterday. Uh, remember the guy, that little bowling ball running back, Maurice Jones-Drew? A really good running back out of UCLA. He's now working for some Internet service. And in his mock draft, he had Carolina taking Anthony Richardson number one as their uh, quarterback. So it, it's just it's if you follow the draft, and and you know again you can't take everything seriously. And there was uh, there was another internet site that said that you know that some of the teams have issues with C.J. Stroud. They claim that he stood up the Manning. Uh, academy uh, you know when they have that thing in june that he was supposed to go and never showed up and yet the guy who represents stroud said no he he wasn't he told him he couldn't make it he had something else going on so you just never know in situations like that
1: little breaking news here as of five minutes ago according to on three and joe tipton uh lebaron filon of baker has decommitted from auburn He released a statement to On3. First off, I'd like to thank Bruce Pearl, his staff, and fans for recruiting me along the journey. After the news of changes in the program and staff, me and my family have to think about my future. With that being said, I would like to reopen my recruitment. Truly and extremely blessed to be recruited by the Auburn family. Couldn't thank you guys enough. So uh, clearly, the the state's biggest name in high school basketball, now back. His recruitment is now open. Uh, We will continue to monitor this, but this happened about five minutes ago. Uh, So LeBaron Phylon of Baker decommitting from Auburn.
2: And if you remember a story we ran earlier in the week, that seven-footer, I think his last name was Marshall, but I could be wrong on that. He decommitted, and all of this ever since Wes Flanagan announced he's the assistant coach is leaving Auburn to go to Ole Miss. I have to believe that has something to do with it. Normally, you go there, I guess, head coach Bruce Pearl, but apparently... Uh, it was the assistant coach leaving that has turned the minds of some of those uh, recruits.
1: All right. When we come back, we're going to talk some track and field with two of the best in the state. They are in Air Sports 1. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP.
11: Winning football with your position. We need guys that can play winning football at their position. It doesn't matter what team you're on, first team, second team, or whatever. And because that's what's going to help us be successful as a team, and that's what's going to help you create value for yourself, is that you can go out there and play.
1: Alabama coach Nick Saban clearly he knew who one of our next guests were. We're back out here at Sarah Land. our Dr. Chris from championship drive and, and Lee. We finally have a duo as popular as us. How about that? Come on with us.
2: I think they're leaving more statewide, probably more popular, because every single week the Alabama High School Athletic Association sends out this release. And in the first paragraph, Ryan Williams won this, this, and this, Morgan Davis won this, this, and this. And we'll get to the two of them, but let me tell you our sponsors, uh, the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm, Will Barnes Family at McDonald's Restaurant, Square's Marketing Cash Saver, Beef Brady's, Tillman's Corner, Rich's Car Wash, Ward International Trucks, and LNS Air Conditioning. Let's say hello to Morgan Davis, track star here at uh, Sarah Land, and to Ryan Williams. Ryan needs no introduction. Mr. Football doing extremely well in track and field. Morgan, let's start with you. Good morning. Good morning. What's your best event?
16: Um, I would probably say long jump.
2: The long jump. And what are the other ones that when you compete on the state, how many events do you normally do per meet?
16: Uh, most of the time I do four events.
2: And usually you win those four, right? Yes, sir. Have, have you lost an event this year?
16: Uh, yes, sir, I have.
2: Oh, that must have been killing you, huh? What, what, what happened?
16: Um, I just don't think I was prepared, and the weather was really bad, and it just wasn't my race
2: that day. So what's next now? Uh, what's your next event?
16: Um, Next week we compete at sectionals, and then we go to state the week after, so gotcha. only two more meets.
2: So
1: how, when did you know in, in your career that, I could be pretty good at this. Like, this is my thing.
16: Um, probably my sophomore year. Yeah. I didn't really take it that seriously until like towards the end of the season, and I saw I was winning a lot. Yeah. And then I ended up winning the state, so I was
1: like,
2: Yeah, this I is it. I think I'm kind of good at this. Cool, Morgan. You're a senior. What's after this year? What do you got down the road?
16: Um, I'm going to the University of Kentucky on a track and field scholarship.
2: Really. Yes, sir. Congratulations. Now, you also play volleyball, but is your heart in volleyball or more so in track and field?
16: Um, It's definitely more so in track.
2: Is there, Ryan, uh, good morning. We've had you out before, and, uh, you know, everybody knows you about football and Mr. Football, but is there any kind of rivalry between the two of you?
4: A uh, smoker and any <laughs> race.
2: <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, you know, obviously you don't race against one another. I don't. Have you ever done it just for fun?
4: No, but, but she'll give me a long jump. I get it.
2: Ryan, what are your uh, your events? What do you specialize in? Uh,
4: 100, 200, 400, and a uh, high jump.
2: Have you been uh, tested at all in any of these events where it's gone right down to the wire? Uh, Forget the jump, just the running events. Oh,
4: just the running events. Mm, probably probably challenger champions when we ran it against uh, out-of-state teams. It was definitely a lot closer. You won those? Uh, no, I did not.
2: Okay, how close were you to winning, or what? Was I it? was very like it was. It was very close, but what happens during spring football do you still run track and field or do you do both or
4: uh i still run track but i I, i'm in both
2: if you specialized in one event in track and field what would it be
4: probably the 200 that's the my best ranking
2: so if either of you let's say morgan if you're going to win a state title a blue map individually what event is it going to be all four (laughs) all four yes
16: if I had to choose one,
2: if you the best event you have,
16: probably long jump.
2: So what what drives
1: you guys? It's we talk about this a lot in team sports about being complacent when you when when there's so much success. Uh, it's it's sometimes it's easy maybe to take it for granted. What drives you guys to continue to, to improve and to get better, knowing that in a lot of track meets, quite frankly, you guys are going to go out there and you're going to win. Um, what, what what continues to drive you to get better?
16: Um, I just know I have so much room to grow and get better and like a lot of my coaches tell me I haven't even scratched the ceiling with my potential yeah so I just know I have a lot of room to who, grow
2: who, tr- who works with you in the running events what coach
16: um, my sprint coach his name is Keith Davis he's my trainer he's been training me for like a year and a half now and he's helped like drop my races like seconds
2: do you either of you have any superstitions going out on the track Ryan? Do you have anything a superstition things you have to do to make sure that mentally you're prepared? Uh, nah,
4: I just I just make sure I relax before every race because if I'm tight, I know I'm not going to run well.
2: How about you Morgan?
16: Um, recently, I've been talking to myself a lot Like telling myself like what I'm gonna do that helps me. A Does lot.
2: that intimidate the opponents?
16: They well, when there's to...
1: an athlete walking down the track talking yeah. to herself, I'd say so. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: <laughs> do you talk to other athletes or you just talk to yourself?
16: Um, oh, sometimes it yeah, depends. Yeah, it
2: depends on the race, I'm going to yeah. be honest. Do you, ever, you, do you Ryan, uh, do you ever go up to somebody and say, you know, too bad you're here because you're not going to win?
4: Like when when I'm running against Eager or something like that, you oh. know, we like, we like to play around. But anybody else, I, I tend to be quiet and just run my race
2: you just kind of look
1: they know. Yeah. They already know.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, we talk a lot about this uh, in terms of track and football, but how does how does how does track get you ready for football or, or vice versa? Uh
4: definitely uh the explosive workouts we do in football, it it definitely helps carry over. And then just in track just helping me open up my stride for the season coming up. I could definitely tell where it carries over.
2: As far as the team element in football versus the individual element in track and field just talk about that
4: uh definitely i love i definitely love the team element more because like it, it's better when you went as a team because you you could just feel everybody like because you know what it all took that everybody did their part but it's, it's definitely fun when individually because you know you did all the work so i mean you don't really have to worry about
2: it. ryan you're probably and i'm Going back on memory, uh, as a sophomore, one of the most publicized athletes ever to come out of this area, what effect has that had on you? Uh,
4: honestly, I just try not to like, uh, like overthink about it, but it, it definitely is is definitely pretty nice, and I, I mean I look love.
2: at your coat, look at your jacket Look at all the stuff. I mean how much more room do you have to put on there? I, I, mean, got,
1: I got a little more
2: room we <laughs> can, we can fill it up a little more
1: so which uh which social media blows up the most after me because you guys are probably getting hammered constantly with notifications, right? Instagram, whatever Twitter, you know, Snapchat, be real whatever which which one's which one's blowing up more than any other after a, a good day at the track? I definitely
4: think Instagram for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Instagram. Which one do you hate the most? Like, which one do you wish you just didn't have to be on?
2: Uh, probably Instagram. <laughs>
1: There's it, a lot of stuff that goes on there. Yeah.
2: So who go who walks on campus and let's say gets more let's say push from your student body? Which of you two? No. Oh. No, it's not. Yes,
16: it No, it's not. Yes,
2: They like Morgan. They no, they like Morgan. him better. All right, uh, Ryan. Does uh, Alabama have to keep recruiting you, or are you are you set? Are you 100% I mean, or they have to keep recruiting
4: you? I'm set, but, I mean, that they, they, they still do. So, like, it, it still shows me that. They so,
2: when when it comes to that kind
1: of thing, we often hear that once you, once you, a, an athlete commits in any sport, mm-hmm. that uh, other schools continue uh, to recruit you. Has that been the case for both of you? Uh, yes. It just, um, it just nonstop?
16: Yes, until I, like, actually signed. The paper. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well. Right.
2: Have you signed design. yet? Yes. Okay. Sir. Did you visit? Have you had an official visit to Kentucky? Yes, sir. How? What? 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 sold you on there?
16: Um. Really, the staff and the team that like took it over the top.
2: All right. Yeah. Ryan, you know now that starting July 1st, the rule is you can visit as many campuses yeah, as, as many, you want. You yeah. take advantage of that? Try to uh, see you can take as many official visits? Hawaii? Oh, we, we, uh, yeah, that's what I, that was the thought. Maybe
4: we might go to Hawaii.
2: Yeah, take a visit there. You know, but one of the things, uh, one of the
1: uh, issues that came up is that there's some people that think that even though you guys could have unlimited official visits, it wouldn't actually happen because there's just not enough time to do it. Yeah. Like, so you really can't t- – I mean, I, guys – and, and girls couldn't do 10 or 12 or 14 visits there's yeah, just enough time in the day if you could visit well we would get you in trouble we won't say that <laughs> but hawaii everybody says hawaii yeah
4: you know that's cool yeah.
1: yeah uh what's what's been the conversation like uh with alabama folks in the in
2: checking up on you and commitment
4: and just ready to ready for me to get up there yeah honestly. are you gonna run
2: track up there
4: uh, that's the plan but I mean if I don't I don't
2: I want to get serious with both of you now okay you're in a lot of events Morgan what is the toughest uh, element of being prepared you mentioned you weren't prepared for one run does just take me through this as far as getting yourself mentally prepared to the events you run
16: um I need to make sure I get like a good warm-up and I really like need to get away and like clear my mind because I overthink a lot at times. So I just really need to clear my mind and just focus on what I'm doing.
2: How tough is it? Let's say you you run your first event, and maybe you don't do as well as you think. Is it? Can you get rid of that quickly and, and think about the next event?
16: Um yes, sir. It definitely like motivates me to do better if I don't do as well as I want
2: to in my first event. How about you, Ryan? What's the toughest element uh, with the number of events that you run? It's not like you're concentrating on one run. You got a few things you know to take care of. What's
4: definitely. Uh, I definitely got to hydrate because most of my events are running. But uh, like I said, just relaxing
2: before each race. How much do okay. you hydrate? Morgan, how much, like, what are we talking about? How much water or whatever you drink uh, beforehand?
16: Like before the meet? Yes. Um, Usually like two days before. I'll try to get like four bottles. Recently I've been like switching between water and Gatorade like on and off. Like sip of water, sip of Gatorade, and that's been helping me. A lot. I figure
1: you were a body armor kind of girl. Eh,
16: uh, not really.
1: It doesn't t- taste good. <laughs> I mean, it's as like good. It's, it lacks what I need: sugar. Uh, all right, quickly tell us what's the first class of the day, because we got to get you there. English. I mean, I know you guys probably need like 10.1 seconds to get there. English. Oh,
4: yeah. I'm gonna get there in about five. Nine,
1: 9.9 seconds.
16: Oh, yeah. uh, weight training. All
1: right, well, down here c- congratulations on. Um, on everything we really do appreciate you stopping by very cool to have a chance to sit down and talk to you guys we wish you nothing but the the best no chance at basketball ryan uh there's still a chance there's still a chance Yes. all right i'm just saying i saw you you can do it you can hoop too (laughs) you can hoop too uh but best of luck going uh into the states and of course with spring football ryan we really do appreciate you stopping by no problem all right uh, let's let's go ahead and take a break there we went a little long as we expected we would uh, Jeff Kelly is going to join us uh, when we come back we're here at Sarah Land for the Dr. Christopher Monarchs championship drive we're in air sports one right here on the sports station WNSP and WNSP.com stay with us
7: hi this is Blake Stein former Spring Hill Badger and Kansas City Royal and you're listening to WNSP sports radio
1: Seven, wrapping up hour number two of a very busy uh, Dr. Christopher Molnick's championship
2: drive. Mark and Lee in Air Sports 1. We're at Saraland High School. That was uh, Joe Trevino's uh, three-run double in the first inning and the Yankees win. Jeff Kelly, he was with us for a few minutes. Now we get him for a lot more time to talk about Sarah Land, and he, of course, the head coach of the defending 6A champs, and good morning. Good morning. Appreciate you having us. Jeff, what went the behind-the-scenes to schedule Lipscomb? You had Daphne to open up the season. You released yesterday that this powerhouse from Tennessee. Now, and one of the things I'm curious about, because their coach, Trent Dilfer, left and is now coaching at UAB, so how'd this all come about?
14: You know, it, it really came about, Uh, really quick we've been working with uh, with some groups to try to put together you know kind of a kickoff classic game you know something uh, big something uh, out of state you know whether we traveled or somebody came here whatever something that may be appealing to a lot of people really been working for a couple months you know to try to get something like that happening and been close on a couple things that just didn't work out Um, you know and got a call You know, a couple days ago, you know, heck, what is today, Friday? Got a call Tuesday maybe, um, you know, of Lipscomb, you know, looking for, you know, a game that was really their second playing date, our first playing date, the one that uh, we had a non-region game. We were scheduled with Daphne, which a lot of respect for those guys over there. But, uh, you know, just this opportunity popped up real quick and, you know, quick call to Trent you know, I know he's at UAB and that kind of stuff and just to kind of get a lay of the land and talk to some people up there I think they were excited You know to play Play us and um, you know, I think it's gonna be a great deal. You know, they've they've I don't think they've lost a game in two years I think they've two straight state championships up there in tennessee. They've got a ton of highly uh, highly acclaimed highly recruited players and um, you know, maybe maybe that picks up the attention of uh, you know, some couple people maybe a TV station or two Maybe
2: something like that comes comes into play, you know down the road with it Yeah, that's what I was thinking because normally when games like this especially out of state There's a television station behind it, but right now there's nothing of that sort Or is there
14: there there, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's gonna be an outstanding game I think it'll be appealing to a lot of people there may be we'll, we'll see, you know, those those Announcements announcements, and
2: decisions will be made, uh, you know, whenever they see fit. Well, and also, you know, you you're already got a 6 region schedule to navigate through, which is many consider a very tough schedule. Now, as one of your outside teams, you're putting Lipscomb up there, which is... Uh...
14: You know, we, we had a tough schedule going in. I mean, when you look at our, you know, especially the first half, you know, you, you got St. Paul's, you got Spanish Fort, both of those teams are playoff caliber teams. You got Foley in the middle with, with you know, Perry Thompson and those guys, and then you know, toward the end, the last two games, you got Theodore, uh, which which everybody in town knows, you know how crazy those games were the last couple years, and they're gonna be the same way there with Coach Mask, and then uh, you know McGill with uh, you know everything, all the excitement going there, you know, to end the season, we got we got a tough schedule as it is, but you know, I just felt this was an opportunity for us. To uh, to do something different, you know, for our kids and uh, you know, kind of play somebody you're not used to. I mean, we get we, we play each other, we bang on each other all the time, and it's nice to kind of tee it up and play somebody else. And uh, you know, when you got a national program like Lipscomb that wants to wants to come down here, and we got a chance to host a game of that magnitude in our stadium, uh, there was just so
2: many positives with it that we couldn't turn it down. You know, the other announcement that even more surprising to me with teams like many spring football teams, they just do scrimmages now. Some are going up to Hattiesburg. I know I've been told a couple of schools. But how did you get enterprise to travel three three and a half hours just to do a kind of a spring game that that really I, I surprised th- me. i think
14: we need to call our buddy ben about that ben, ben how in Florida the world to, did you, ben you always that? wants a piece of us you know that yeah. you know? that come this far though yeah. are you worth it are you worth it I, I don't know if we're worth it or not i don't know if we can you know they got a very good team and uh you know a lot a lot of respect i don't know that we would do it if, if uh there wasn't so much familiarity there with with coach blackman and those guys uh you know it's a spring game, you know, I don't know who will have available for that spring game I mean you got so many variables with spring sports going and and really to be honest with you You know, you want your baseball guys to, to still be playing you want your track guys to, to You know continue all the way through state and that kind of stuff, which we're good with that because Those guys that are doing those things. I, I don't need to see them in spring. You know, I know what a guy like Santay back Williams can do I don't need to see him you know, toted in the spring. I, I know what he's gonna bring to and
1: all the other guys that are playing. So Yeah, we talked a lot about spring games versus scrimmage you know, and how scrimmages and that kind of thing. How how much when you play those spring games do the competitive juices get flown that you wanna win the game and balance that with man, we need to get some guys <laughs> in and see them well and you, see them
14: play. You know, it's just how you structure it. You know, with us, you know, we we want to play our best guys in the first half. You know, and then and then have those guys done. The most important thing you want to get out of a spring game is you want to get everybody healthy. Yeah. You know, who 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 cares? And so we'll play, we'll play two quarters against those guys with with uh, you know with our guys and the better guys, whatever varsity guys. And then, you know, we'll uh, you know we'll get a look at everybody, all the young guys coming up, and some of our backups and that kind of stuff in the second half. And it's really an important time for those guys to to be evaluated and you know kind of see what they can do in those situations but now you're right but if but if you got your dudes out there late in the game and it's you need to drive the score then that's when the competitive juices so that's why you got to cut it at halftime and say you know we're done regardless what
1: um is there a different feel coming off is there a is it a different off season after a state championship as opposed to not How, how are things different you know uh our kids work hard there's there's
14: a lot of consistency there but you know I I told our coaches the other day and I tell our players you know every time we get an opportunity this is going to be our toughest year ever you know because there's so many things you battle just throughout a season but you know the biggest thing that we got to make sure is is we got to remember the things that got us to that point you know and you know we got a lot of returners. We got a lot of things. We probably got the best team we've ever had on paper But we got to understand that doesn't mean anything games aren't played on paper They're, You know, that's why you stripe the fields and you step between the lines. That's that's where they're played and so You know the the thing that we got to do is is we got to be able to flush All the good things that's happened last year and and man it everybody talks about managing the the adversity What are you gonna do when things go wrong and things don't go your way and you have a tough year a tough game, but the hard harder than that is managing when everything is going good when everybody's patting you on the back and telling you how good you are and that kind of stuff. That's that's way I think way tougher and a huge, you know, a huge challenge for, for anybody. I mean, yeah. That's human nature. And so we as coaches, we got our hands full and we got to be ready to, you know, to make sure day in and day out, you know, we approach it the right way.
1: Do you, uh, I'm assuming there's more opportunity. We, uh, we talked about you guys and, and Lipscomb and the whole deal. I'm assuming those type of correspondence happen a little bit more frequently, news agencies, that kind of thing. It, you know, Kids are getting bombarded with messages in social media. I'm just assuming the all the noise that comes with it there's gets so, amplified after a season like that, you guys that's had That's a great year.
14: way to put it, the noise, the distractions you know there's so many people that's trying to get at get at and get access to get a piece of, to of, some of degree. each and every whether it's player or program or whatever i mean there's so many organizations i think the thing that has changed so much when you look at all the recruiting gurus that you see online and all the social media rankings and all the, you know interviews and all the subscription sites where you gotta pay to see these interviews there's so many people trying to for lack of a better word cash in on you know young guys and the success that a program has had and so yeah i mean there's a ton of noise there's a ton of distractions and it has been amplified and that's that's uh that that goes back to the last point about you know being able to to guard and protect you know the, the 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 mindset of each and every guy in our program and and not only guys but the coaches you know me sure. I mean there's so many things that you know come with that success at um, you know but
2: but sooner or later you got to get back on the field and go to work Jeff Kelly the head coach at Sarah land for our championship drive so let me ask you this without giving away too many secrets knowing that you have so many players back they've been through this tougher to win the second time around are you doing a lot of things to change things up new wrinkles just alter things a little bit give them something else you know what I mean just change up things a bit you know
14: every every day
2: you try to find
14: a way to make them uncomfortable you know and that's that's you got to guard against getting comfortable and you got that's one of the reasons we want to open up against a team like we're like we're doing you know and uh you know that that's uh that's a daily thought that's something that you know That we do, but we we're not going to get away from who we are. Not going to get away from from what we do, and we've got some mature kids, and they they I've I've been so proud of all of our guys, just you know, kind of maintaining you know that mindset and that you know next opportunity, next game, next season mindset, and understanding you know um, we got to be better even
2: next year than we were last. You know these coaches like. I think Nick Saban made the comment how much the players look forward to the spring game when you were quarterback at Southern Miss Did you really look forward to the spring game?
14: Oh, I was uh, yeah. Yeah, I I remember we talked uh, Me and David Morris played a spring game against each other when we were in high school Okay, and I didn't really understand spring the coaching aspect and what goes through a coach's mind and I remember I got took out, you know in the middle of the second quarter by coach Massey who Other than my dad probably affected me more than anybody took me out in the second quarter and I was, I was upset. I was, I didn't understand why did I get taken out of the game, you know, uh, but you understand now from a coach kind of why those things are, happening. you understand really how meaningless a lot of times those spring games are for, for guys that have been proven and know what they are. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're a big deal, but, but spring means different things for different people, you know, springs, different a mindset for a established guy versus a guy coming in to try to establish
1: who he is hey man great stuff as always we always appreciate you letting us come out here and hang Thank with y'all guys. appreciate uh, it that's jeff kelly ladies and gentlemen sarah land a football coach and athletic director i might add yep gotta throw that out there uh we come back our number three It's our dr chris from championship drive from air sports one Breaking news this morning, Baker's LeBaron Phylon has decommitted from Auburn. We'll get you the latest when we come back, right here on the Sports Station, WNSP. Hey, it's hour number three. Welcome back in. It's 8.04. Thanks for hanging with us on our Dr. Christopher Monix championship drive. Mark and Lee, we're in Air Sports 1. We're at Sarah Landley.
2: Lee. We've already uh, heard from Jeff Kelly, the athletic director and football coach, talk about Lipscomb College. Uh, I said Lipscomb College. Maybe they are as good as a college. I don't know. There is a Lipscomb <laughs> College. Come on. Are they, are they that good? The, yeah. They, talk they, talk, talk about scheduling good? up, yeah, man. Yeah, really. Uh, Lipscomb's coming here August 25th for the opening game of Sarah Land as they defend the 6 title. Obviously not defending against Lipscomb, but a powerhouse that Trent Dilfer coached at, and now he's at UAB. I think it was a Kevin my is now the coach why yeah why who used to play for the Jets and LSU that's it? that's correct the former lineman yeah all right you have some other announcements we do I, I don't want to steal the
14: thunder of coach sunny Kim, our ladies athletic director but when we had an opportunity uh, to go out and look for an, uh, a leader of our women's basketball program um, you know I, I feel like we hit an absolute home run you know coach knee we're excited to bring her on board and and uh, Get her invested with uh, our student-athletes. She did an amazing job building the program there at St. Paul's. Uh, Had a great run there with Coach Canova at UMS as well, and we look forward to outstanding, amazing things in the future of our ladies basketball program. So we're excited to bring her on board and. Look forward
2: to the future. Amanda, did you take this job knowing we'd already interviewed you at St. Paul's? You wanted to get back again, <laughs> so you figured, oh, let's see, where can I go? Oh, they're going to be at Lynn I think I'll <laughs> uh, look into that position.
6: Uh, yeah, absolutely. That was that's, that's completely reason, yeah. uh, what I was thinking. Um, no, uh, Coach Sonny Cab and uh, Coach Kelly had reached out to me. Uh, I guess it's been a, um, a little over a month um, now, and. Um, uh, asked if I wanted to uh, sit down and talk to them about the future of Saraland land basketball, and I said absolutely um, we met um, we talked about um, Kind of my vision for the program and it, and it lined up with what uh, what they wanted to see from uh, girls basketball And it just it, it was a good fit. It was the right move
1: so what's the uh, I Guess there's a certain level of excitement. Well, there's a certain level of excitement with any new job but the idea of kind of building your brand of type of program that you want to run, um, that's got to probably be the more most exciting part of it, right? The, the idea of kind of reshaping in your own vision what you see for a program?
6: Um, absolutely. Um, you know, I've been on and off campus uh, uh, for the last month, and my, my goal has just been um, developing relationships with some of the girls. Um, the, the talent coming back from uh, last year's team is amazing. Um, Um, I think that if we can bring the uh, enjoyment into playing and um, you know bring the right level of competition and learning how to do things the right way the right time all the time um, that uh, Sarah Land can be scary good
2: how did did your st. Paul's teams do against Sarah Land this past season Uh,
6: actually uh, Sarah Land uh, beat us by four at home this year Um, um, they look really good I mean they've got um, um, I mean, you know, I haven't uh, you know, met everybody yet because we do have some um, athletes that are multi-sport athletes, um, but I've got a couple girls uh, returning that we've already gotten a little bit of work in the gym um, from Kira to Maya to Destiny. Uh, um, you know EK's and soccer still um, and so they've got a lot of people coming back um, last year was the first year that they've um, Had a JV girls program in a while and so there's a lot of young freshmen and sophomores um, I had the pleasure of watching uh, Saraland land middle school play. Um, they won the middle school league championship this year. So I've got six or seven um, Rising eighth graders that are coming into the program and um, so so the talent is there uh, I want to develop that um, and kind of uh uh, get the Saraland community and get the Saraland program uh, unified together.
1: Yeah, I think that's one thing that people don't under- maybe understand about really any head coach of any sport in high school is really it's it's not just coaching those. 11th and 12th graders and the occasional sophomores. It's about developing those kids as early as possible so that they'll be ready when they get to the varsity. And so the opportunity here with the school system is as is, is, is good as it is here. I mean, that, that certainly affords you that that, that chance.
6: Um, absolutely. I mean, uh, everyone in Sarah Land, I mean, the Sarahland community, um, uh, you know, we bleed, bleed Spartan from day one. Um, and so I think that that's important to um, connect, uh, connect that. Um, both uh, Coach Powell and I, um, I think May 9th, uh, we're doing a PE takeover at the elementary school. Nice. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go, uh, uh, um, you know, d- start developing relationships with, with those players, um, start developing uh, the fundamentals and kind of, you know, some of the uh, things that we want our players to begin getting exposed to. And uh, um, so I think it's going to be really awesome. I'm going to go uh, visit with the middle school. Um, their tryouts are the week before mine. Um, and, and so I think I think it's going to be amazing.
2: Is that uh, Normal like you're actually still doing golf right at st. Paul's that's our understanding and maybe you yes, off on that yes, sir. Go- Going back and forth like that uh... Uh,
6: Yes, sir. I mean uh, both both schools have been really amazing and um, I, I you know I want to um, I'm a big believer of doing right by by our student-athletes um, And promoting our student-athletes and I think that um, given the opportunity to um, help uh, high school girls golfers continue to uh, elevate their game, I, I'm going to do that um, um, uh, at the same time that is, you know, I think all, both of you know coaching isn't 9 to 5. Coaching isn't just during your season. That's the fun part. Right. You know, that's the part that, yeah. you know, I think everybody thinks that we get to do. Uh, the majority of our coaching that we do um, is behind the scenes. And so uh, and uh, more times than not, that, that that's the most important. So, you know, I officially start at Sellerland June 1. Um, but I, I've I started a month ago, and I think that you you have to do that to do do right by your student-athletes So
1: what what can we expect from the Saraland girls basketball team? How different will that that team look? Uh, X's and O's wise from a from a defensive or an offensive philosophy mm-hmm. standpoint.
6: Well, uh, my basketball philosophy as a coach um, is to put my players in the best position possible um, so whether, you know, we continue to do continuity offense um, um, or we go to ball screen stuff or we go to different sets. Um, defensively, if we stay in man or we extend full court, that's going dic- to uh, be dictated by the personnel that we yeah. have in the program. I think if, if you don't do that, are you really – Uh, Are you really being able to maximize your players on the floor? And so that's what we're going to use this spring as so
1: adapt your system to the players you have Don't try to put your players in a system. That won't work for them.
6: Correct. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to adapt my my, uh, principles and my philosophy of of, um, You know how players should compete in the um, character that she they have But the X's and O's I think that you've got to put players in positions to be successful to get the right right shots on the floor for them to be Successful, and so I think that's the part um, a fluidity, fluidity in coaching that you've got to have.
1: Well, Coach, great stuff! Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, as as Lee pointed out, you're our first two-time uh, <laughs> uh, interview in 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 our same championship drive season, so you will forever be remembered for that. <laughs> so well done. Thanks. And uh, we we thank you for stopping by. We clearly it's been busy for you, but nice yes, job. Congratulations. I love
6: it. I appreciate y'all.
1: Absolutely. All right, Amanda Nehoff here uh, at Sarah Lane. Coming up, uh, we'll do our Mill light Golf Report. Uh, Jack West, we're scheduled to join you. You guys know every uh, every week. We're out at a different high school. We try to grab a, a former player that you guys remember, and we're trying to catch up with Jack West coming up at 8.30.
2: I do want to remind everybody the uh, Alabama A-Day game tomorrow on WNSP at uh, 1.30. A couple of notes on Alabama. I mean, I saw this yesterday, this uh, research firm, Net research firm, and they claim based on their numbers and whatever numbers they use that Alabama football popularity – Has fallen down from number two to number six. Now, you look at the top five, okay, I could understand Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. I don't know what numbers they use, but, you know, they're up there in the more populated areas. In the uh, the Midwest and so forth on the East Coast, but the thing that got me was Duke number four in popularity of football. Football. Where did that come from? You're reading that right? That's yeah. what it says. Football. Where did that come from? from? Uh, Duke number four. I mean, look. No no offense to Riley Leonard. Yeah, very Empire. charismatic guy. Love him to yes, death. Yes, but Duke number four in football. Come on now. At Florida State number five and then Alabama six. At least Alabama's the the tops in the SEC with Georgia at number seven. But that one really floored me. All right,
1: over on we said over under on attendance was 40,000 we pro- i think that's under we might have to lower that number i think 35. everybody i think the over under
2: probably needs to be around like 35 and a half And I think a lot of it, of course, has to do with the weather. And like I said, my original estimate, I was going to go 35. It went up to 38 if the weather is going to be conducive to people coming out and having a good time. Obviously, if it's inclement, if you have problems like that, it would lower. I think Auburn wound up with, what, 17 they listed at. I don't know how accurate it really was. I think,
1: though, the idea that it won't be televised on your traditional channels will help attendance. But I just think the... The idea of a spring game, I just think, unless you're Deion Sanders and new to the area, I just, I just don't think
2: there's that. Yeah, and when they talk about Deion, let's be honest, their stadium only sees 45. And I'm not trying to put this down, but when they say they've sold it out, it's yeah. not like selling out an SEC of Tennessee or an Alabama, LSU, you know, stadium with 90 to 100,000. We're looking at 45, and and obviously uh, TVs are really ramped up about Deion Sanders, you know, going there, so they're going to televise on the uh, ESPN. That's the only one they're doing, as far as I know. Um, And if you want to watch Alabama, you better have streaming service. All right. uh, The news, uh, breaking news earlier this morning, Baker,
1: four-star point guard, LeBaron Phylon, has decommitted from Auburn. Uh, On three was the first to report it. Uh, You remember he picked Baker. uh, Or he picked Baker. He picked Auburn over Alabama. He received offers from anybody and everybody, including Arkansas and Kansas and Tennessee, a whole bunch of others. But uh, this is now, Bruce Pearl has now lost two commitments, all right? He lost he, he, he lost LeBaron and then the seven-footer, Peyton Marshall. Um, so tough, tough week here for, for Bruce Pearl. Uh, we'll obviously be tracking LeBaron Phylon's movements. Uh, quick reminder before we take a break here, our WNSP draft party is set. We want to see you all out there. We got new WNSP gear. We're going to be at uh, walk-ons on Thursday. In fact, we're broadcasting the final drive. Corey and Mike will be out there from 3 to 6. And then that's leading up to the draft. And then you guys get to compete in our WNSP Draft Challenge. So we'll let you predict the top ten picks. Uh, Triple G will be out there tabulating the scores. The winner, Traeger Grill from Bailey's TV and Mattress and, and a Bryce Young jersey from the vault. So come on out and see us. There's going to be a lot of other door prizes as well. Uh, we're really excited about being out there at walk-ons. I know Wes and the folks out there are excited to have us. So here comes your scoreboard traffic and weather. Uh, we'll do our middle-light golf report next. You're listening to the Sports Station WNSP and WNSP.com. It's our Dr. Christopher Monick's championship drive from Sarah Land High School. Back after this.
15: My name is David Palmer, and I'm on WNFC 105.5.
1: This Friday edition, is our Dr. Chris Ramonix Championship Drive. We're at Sarah Land High School.
2: Well, the leaderboard was pretty well cluttered yesterday at the Zero Classic right near New Orleans. So I'm wondering, Johnny, has anything changed at all this
10: morning? Well, yeah, Lee, I guess, as uh, like you said, it was a cluttered leaderboard in the new format. Uh, it's not a new format, but a different event on the PGA Tour for folks who are tuned in. This is a two-man uh, event that deserves, I guess, the folks at the Zura's Classic Change. I guess it's been probably five, six years ago now. Uh, time flies might have been more than that but we got a new leaderboard they played round one actually they played the a two-man best ball as they take the best score each hole they are moved to alternate shot today so we got a new team at the top of the leaderboard that's that's it's uh Linda clark and Bo hot a 12 under par they're they're one under on the round today. and uh, They just getting teed off, and Henrik Norlander, Luke List, also uh, tied at one shot back at 11 under. a Slew of teams following that. Got the teams of John Daly playing with David Duval there, and Shoffley, Xander Shoffley's there also. They got a great, really a pretty good field. So I encourage the, you know people in Mobile want to watch the PGA Tour. It's just you know you're just three hours two and a half hours down the road to the Zurich Classic. Robbie Shelton playing with former teammate Lee Hodges in the event, and they shot five under par, 67 in the opening round. Uh, that's probably right around the cut line, so you've got to play a good day-to-day in alternate shot if they're going to play over the weekend, and they're set to tee off at 12:22 Central Time. Also, we got the... A live golf tour big pretty big event down in australia at adelaide and uh brandon grace is your leader there with a 10 under par 62 and i understand that they the crowds are enormous they are sold out i got very good uh very good crowd participation at that event down in australia so locally the us scratch tour planet today playing at heron lakes golf and country club uh this is the third leg of the season on the white scratch tour so a lot of local golf happening around guys and a lot of charity tournaments going on and this is kind of the season uh as golf pretty much kicks off in mobile
2: baldwin county johnny we appreciate it we'll check in with you monday thank you so much and enjoy the weekend Uh, all
10: right take care guys
2: i got a add to the uh, golf story the 17th rated alabama men's golf team is tied with Texas A&M after the uh, two rounds of play in the 2023 SEC Men's Golf Championship. I had a uh, an idea. Let's say it ended in a tie with A&M and Alabama. Have Nick Saban tee off against Jimbo. Settle the tie. I think I like Nick in that. Uh, is I Jimbo a
1: golfer? I know Nick I is. I'm not sure Jimbo is. That might Jimbo be a good seems
2: too hyper to me to,
1: to be Well, maybe this is the stress reliever yeah. he
2: needs to calm himself. And uh, I don't know. He just seems. And of course, you're not supposed to. Well, you can talk. I guess he'd be pretty talkative, right on the course. Oh yeah, if you got to understand him. But I think that would be kind of a run. In an event of a tie, if it gets that way, have those two uh, meet for the, a couple of holes.
1: All right. What was worse this week? Draymond stomping on the chest. Or Embiid's kick to the near—it was a near miss. It was a near, mi- was yeah. a near miss, basically. Uh, wh- which one was worse? I'm not saying which one you know, would hurt more. I think, I think we all know the answer to that. But think, my question is, which one would you deem to be? Uh,
2: more egregious yeah I'm first of all gonna say Embiid I think was a soccer player so he should have better aim yeah I I think he was a soccer player coming over but here's here's my thought on that uh I'm gonna say the kick by Embiid and I'll tell you why because I really as I really think that uh Green he was held so I'm not, I'm not giving him a pass on what he did, but I'm saying he was pushed into it. He was egged on to it. You know, they were hanging on. Uh, Sabonis was hanging on to his ankles, and, you know, Green obviously didn't care about that. And so, you know, he said, I had no room. I'm not buying all that. I had no else to put my foot down except in the middle of his stomach, but with Embiid, it was a little bit different, you know. He was down on the on his back when uh, Clayton dunked on him, or Claxton dunked on him, and then he just came up kicking. The thing is, Claxton actually wound up getting a technical.
1: Well, you can't. You, he stood over him and looked down on him. Yeah, that, that, you can't. That's the that's the thing. Like that's the ultimate.
2: But that's more egregious to me was what MB did.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I tend to agree. Um, I am not one of those guys. I know that's a thing. It's it's been a, it's a thing in high school, and college, and the pros. You stand over somebody like that, you uh, you're you're, go- you're asking uh, for retaliation, but and Embiid did
2: it. Have you ever seen a sport though go from a full season where the talk was load management and nobody playing defense to the first real week of the postseason, flagrant fouls, uh, beating up on one another? I mean, have you ever seen such a difference in in,
1: in play? It's playoff basketball, man. They're all fresh, you know, from that load management you like to talk so much about. Well, then why didn't Kawhi Leonard play? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, We're going to try to catch up with Jack West next right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Stay with us.
7: Stair down in the step over. ooh Looked like one of the
10: Rockettes with that kick. Wow. That's good.
2: That is really good. Was that uh, Kevin Harlan? Yeah. Uh,
1: that, yeah. Things yeah. Like
2: that. Rockettes with the kick. It actually did look like that. That is a really good description. I'll say this. It gives the TNT crew a lot to talk about rather than baskets and things like that. It's been a really... Strange week. I, I pointed this out, this stat, which is really crazy. During the regular season, there were 14 flagrant two in the whole season. That's one out of every 88 games. So far this week in 17 postseason games, there's been two. And Embiid, Mark, possibly could have gotten a third. Yeah. It probably should have. I agree. Yeah. yeah, definitely.
1: Although Harden should not have been. Oh, that's
2: ridiculous. Yeah, that, we that haven't really talked much about that. How, how did he, We'll talk about that when we get, uh, we're going to talk to our guest during our alumni section, uh, Jack West. Yes, quarterback here at uh, the Sierra That's where we're broadcasting from. What a career he had, elected to go to Stanford.
8: Jack, good morning. How are you today? Good morning, I'm doing well. It's good to hear from you guys.
2: Good to hear from you. So where are you now? Where are we we, uh, talking to you from?
8: (laughs) Uh, I'm currently in Boise, Idaho. It is has uh, snowed probably two or three times earlier this week. Um, working for a general contractor out here, um, build, build, it, helping build buildings. So um, it's opportunity I got right after I graduated from school, and uh, couldn't really pass it up. So,
2: you know, Jack, we should make it clear you're not in Boise. You didn't transfer to play on the blue field. You, you've got a nice, you got a nice job. Did you ever? Con- I, I know you didn't like you weren't like a starter every game or even if you were though did you ever contemplate transferring from Stanford
8: um there may have been a point in college where maybe we me and my family talked about it but at the end of the day uh we um, decided you know let's focus on getting our degree um and getting my degree and uh once we we got that I, I I just you know it was time and I think um I enjoyed my time very much at Stanford, but, but it was time for me to uh, to go in another direction. And um, once I talked about that with my family and, and we were all on the same page, it uh, ended up working out. So,
2: All right, since we're at Sarah Land, why don't you reminisce a little bit and, and maybe a highlight or two, what you remember most or most memorable moment on campus, whether it be on the football field or even off the field?
8: Oh, wow. Um, well, I think off the field, I remember... Uh, our graduation happened really three times because it was such a bad storm that day. Um, we started out on the field, um, then it started storming, then we had to run inside to the gym. Uh, Miss Beverly Spondike was the principal at the time. She had uh, done such a good job of setting everything up, so we had to do like A through L in the first section in the gym and then um, the rest of everybody else, and, and the families had to switch in and out each time. Um, so that was like a, probably a five or six hour graduation um, on the field. Ooh, um, probably two. I remember, you know, we got to travel to Herd County, Georgia and play um, there against another guy who'd gone to college, Emory Jones, and got to play on TV with a bunch of my best friends, which was really cool. Um, and also there was a play, I think my senior year um, against Murphy. we, uh, converted like a fourth and 36 or something like that, and I'll never forget um, <laughs> that play. It was, uh, that's the loudest I'd ever heard, Spard Stadium. Um, it was pretty cool.
2: <laughs> Anything to write home about during your playing career at Stanford?
8: Um, I think, number one, it was a great opportunity for me, number one, to... Uh, go out west and get a perspective on on who I am and uh, what I want in life and also get a chance to be around a lot of really cool and smart guys and gals and um, and learn. Um, you know, I got the opportunity to play in, uh, you know, a few games, um, which was really, really fun, and uh, something that I always wanted to do growing up was to play college football, and I got the opportunity to do that, and I was extremely... Um, blessed to do that and to be around a great coach like Coach David Shaw um, and learn from him. So um, I'd say just that. I mean, it was the ability to be around a bunch of really, really smart people. Something made me wonder, whoa, what am I doing here? You know, we got Olympians in the pool and we've got people developing the newest and latest technologies and and things like that. So um, it was really cool to be, you know, to represent Sarah Land in my hometown, and and be able to go out there and and, uh, continue to learn and grow. Jack
1: West, our guest here on WNSP. So what was the toughest course you took at Stanford?
8: Ooh. um, So probably I took an American law course, which was essentially – it was taught by a a law professor um, where we essentially went through all sorts of case law and was – kind of like intro level law school class i took in my freshman year i think it was one of the first class i took and um very difficult very uh sort of wake up moment to college and wake up moment to stanford <laughs> you know uh, a lot of work involved with that and that was like during the first season so yeah. it's, it's you're dealing with all this like law work and at the same time you're preparing for for games you've never done that before so it was really a mixture of both but yeah it was uh american law i remember that
2: you know what i remember jack in addition to your passing accuracy in the games that i did you know what i remember the most about you at sarah land you're gonna i don't know if you, you, you even think about this it was uh senior night and i forget who you were playing maybe it was even spanish Ford. maybe it was i don't remember So, you would think before the game, you're in the locker room going over last-minute adjustments or talking and just talking and getting yourself mentally prepared. But instead, you were on the football field for about 20, 25 minutes just standing there with escort, and you were like one of the last players introduced. And I'm thinking, why in the world is the starting quarterback out on the field for about 20 minutes and then... The thing went so long, you got the team got penalized to start the game. <laughs> That's oh, what I remember. I asked Jeff about that. How could you leave your starting quarterback out there? The last, almost the last player introduced on senior
8: night. <laughs> well, um, uh, I probably chatting up with my dad, to be honest, and. Um, I, I think I remember my mom and dad being the two people to walk me out on the field, and I think that was the night that we converted that fourth down, uh, that fourth and 36 I was talking about earlier. But but yeah, that's. Uh, I, I don't really remember much before the game, but I remember that play.
1: So. Yeah, so so maybe if you hadn't been out there for 20 or 25 minutes, you never would have converted that play. There's a there's a exactly. me- there's a method to Jeff Kelly's madness.
8: <laughs> exactly. There always so, is. That's for sure. All right.
1: So, Stanford's got to be doing something right to get guys of your caliber to come all the way across the country and play football for a team whose mascot is a tree. Help me understand this.
9: Oh,
8: okay. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Our tree is very awesome. We have a great tree mascot that comes to our games and does a bunch of dances at halftime, apparently. And uh, we have a great band as well um but there is something to clarify i mean stanford is the cardinal is in the the color red and not the right. bird. Uh, so i heard i've heard that a lot so um but the tree is the unofficial mascot which uh, is awesome but it's cardinal red and and not the bird
1: <laughs> all right well i'm glad we clarified and for the record you're the first person to ever come on wnsp and refer to any type of tree as awesome So uh, regardless of where that tree is, yeah, you're breaking new ground here on WNSP.
2: Hey, Jack, I hope I don't embarrass you, but I remember when you were interviewed, when we came out here, we we interviewed you, and I'm saying, this guy's going places. And I didn't mean necessarily sports-wise. I just meant maybe in community service or something like that. You mentioned you're working out there in Boise. Do you have any particular goals in mind, or are you planning to come back to this area, or just what what are your thoughts on that?
8: You know, right now, I think I'm in a in a process of of continuing to to figure out figure it out. Really, um, I'm working for a really great company uh, with some great people and getting to learn from them. Um, a good place to be right out of college in Boise. It's a great great town, great city with good people and, and good industry. Um, so right now, I'm I'm in the process of continuing to figure it out. I think uh, law school is a, a likely possibility sometime within the next two to three years. Um, But but I found myself at a really good place right now Um, and continuing to learn from some good folks.
2: I Uh, think, uh, Mark, I was going to point out, too, I don't think a lot of people realize this, but I've, I've read and I've heard that that area he's in has become quite a resort area. People like to go there, get away from everything. Is that true, Jack? I mean, have you heard that or seen that?
8: Oh, I mean, it's definitely much different than... I don't know. Being from Saraland and Mobile, I mean, you're used to you know being an hour away from the water. But here, from my apartment in Thirty minutes, so I can go and ski. Or during the summer, there's uh, two hours north of Boise is a town called McCall and Payette Lake, where it's a huge you know sort of July 4th summer place. That's super super cool. Just really different. I mean, geographic. Layout and weather, obviously it snowed a lot, whereas in Sierra Leone, it probably snowed twice in this time from I was eight yeah. to the time I left, and they would cancel school for that, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's been interesting. But yeah, it's, it's definitely beautiful, and just getting the opportunity to do things that, you know, I wouldn't have gotten to do back home just because the weather permits it, you know? Um, but yeah, it's definitely a beautiful place.
1: Uh, before we let you go, I'm curious, Jack, and thank you for jumping on with us, man. It's, it's great to talk to you again. Uh, what, what, How do you view college football? Is college football in a good place now? We talk about so many different aspects of it, whether it's recruiting or transfer portal or NIL. Uh, the college football playoff is, <clears throat> you know, in the midst of changing. There's a lot of conference reshuffling, the landscape. It, the game is so much different than the first day you stepped on Stanford's campus, I feel like. Do, do you like where it's trending? Do you like where the game's headed?
8: Yeah, I think with the, um, number one, with the news of the expansion of the playoff, obviously it's going to give more teams more opportunity to uh, get a crack at it. Um, I, I remember just the caliber, being in the Pac-12 and the caliber of players and the caliber of quarterback play that we had there. I know that in that regard, that conference and, and college football is going in, in the right direction. There seems to be a guy every year, from, and I'm kind of biased talking about my position, but uh, – it's making a really really big impact on the game and you see that with Caleb Williams now obviously um and a lot of guys really really playing well um and even guys I played without at school are now playing in the league and it's like wow there's so I think in that regard the the skill level of the player is continuing to in... I mean you're having guys that I remember playing KV on Thibodeau at Oregon I mean he's humongous guy and can is faster than you know our tight ends and even some of our receivers probably you know and he can so it's uh, that's the exciting part about it for me is to continue to see the game evolve in a way of number one pushing the ball down the field and number two just the skill of um, those skill players and those defensive guys. So,
1: hey Jack, great stuff, man. Uh, finally, I got one more for you. What would? To, what would you, if you had a chance to go back and 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 talk to your 16-year-old self, what piece of advice would you give yourself about that football journey that you were gonna about to embark on? What, what's the one thing you wish you would have known uh, when you had started that you know now?
8: Mm. That's a really good question. Um, I. I would probably say to um, know that it's going to be a very interesting journey, but I mean, steady the course and everything's going to be fine. And that's what I tell anybody. It's it, any change is change is good for me. It was a long way across the country, but luckily I was came from a very good place and was coached um, very well to be prepared to that. So like, just be ready to adapt to change and um, know that you got got people there and and for me I was very lucky to have a community and and uh, especially family my mom and my dad and my sister to support me on that journey so
1: well great stuff congratulations on all the success man it's great catching up with you and uh let's do it again soon
8: awesome sounds good thank you guys and you guys have a really good day okay
1: thanks you too that's jack west ladies and gentlemen uh former Saraland and stanford quarterback uh we're here at Saraland, not stanford and uh, we have one final segment. You guys can jump in at 694-1055. And, of course, uh, we'll set the table for the, uh, the rest of the day and give you a sneak peek into Monday show as well. It's Dr. Chris Vermonix Championship Drive right here on the Sports Station WNSP.
4: This is CJ Mosley, inside linebacker, and you listen to the Sports Station WNSP 105.5.
2: Segment. yeah and we're going to cram a little bit in this i wanted to ask you in all your years of coaching and even watching have you ever seen a flagrant to even a flagrant on what harden did i i really haven't i mean i i've seen lots of basketball games but never to the degree where somebody sho- pushed no. off a little bit in the midsection no
1: it was it was a terrible call uh even even if even if there was something going on leading up to that point, that in and it of itself is not worthy of that type of call.
2: Do you believe that officials terrible. do make good calls? That they make good calls? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Like, like, even an umpire in baseball, you know, I hear the announcers say, well, that pitch was borderline. He, the batter got away with it. You better watch out the next time that pitch comes. And, yeah, they call him out on strike. But to, uh, to hear the commentators, and I'm talking about the ones who did the game yesterday, and then the TNT crew say, that they felt that the call on Harden was a make good for not calling on Embiid. I just can't fathom that. Yeah, I, can't.
1: I, I don't, I don't, you know, we. I've seen and heard referees even on the local level say. I've heard them tell coaches, "I missed it. I missed it. I, I'll get you one. I'll get you one," and, and it, it's just basically getting them a possession, right? And so, in the grand scheme of a game or four quarters or two halves or whatever format you're playing. You know, one foul, one tip ball going the other way in the middle of the game isn't going to alter. I'm not a fan of refs trying to make it right by – they're they're basically admitting they were wrong. So to make it right, they're going to be wrong again. I have an issue with that. But the idea that you should have thrown one guy out and didn't do it, so I'm going to throw a different guy out for a lesser crime is is, to me, a fireable offense.
2: Look, I don't have a dog in the hunt. I don't, I'm not rooting for the Sixers. I was actually hoping the Nets would win at least one game and not get swept. Uh, but I, it doesn't look that way because, you know, even though they had home court, you know, and even without Harden in there. I'm not a big James Harden fan, but he was having a really good game. I think he had like 20, 21 points to that point. And then in the third quarter, they ejected him. And now does that mean he has to sit out? Or will they suspend him like they did green? Or I don't know how that works. now. I don't know what the rules are in the NBA anymore about suspensions. And do you sit out if you get hit with a flagrant, two? Well, if only we
1: had somebody on from the Double Dribble podcast joining us here on WNSP. I want to give his take on that quickly. And quickly, there's, quickly, there's, there's your okay. answer. There's your answer.
2: How about this? Trey Young, most overrated player in the NBA. Now, in and, and – in fairness to Trey, they they interviewed about fifty-four players, but all but only eight came and picked Trey number one. So eight out of fifty-four does not is not a telling number to me. But uh, he he got recognized as that. I don't know if you say recognized or low-balled or whatever, but um, it's it's you know he. You know, you've heard these rumors about him getting traded and everything. And we'll we'll follow up with the uh, Hawks probably on Monday's show like we normally do with Bob Rathman. Uh, hopefully they can win a game or two and stay alive in these playoffs. All right. Uh,
1: reminder uh, that uh, A-Day, we talked a little bit about A-Day uh, going uh, uh, earlier today. A-Day is tomorrow. You can hear the broadcast of that right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Nick Saban made it very clear he is – not necessarily against the idea of going to the portal you know we've had a lot of people say oh there's no way he's going to the portal if he sees something he likes and that can help this team he's going to go to the portal and I believe even if that even if that position is quarterback he would go there um, so be what looking for that also he told us straight up yesterday do not take do not make a lot into uh, which quarterback is on which team that is not necessarily indicative of, of where they're leaning as far as the quarterback race. I don't know if I buy that completely. You got to have somebody in the lead at this point. It's pretty clear he doesn't want to make that known, which is not new to the game of football, but he made it very clear, do not take in what we li- he said he likes to do ones versus ones and twos versus twos, but the idea is to get these guys in situations where they can get meaningful snaps against meaningful competition. So they're going to have to skew the rosters a little bit, but at the end of the day, stake for the win- uh, winners beans for the losers
2: oh hot dogs too with the beans i don't know if they're throwing in
1: hot dogs or, or not. all right
2: hey many thanks to our sponsors today barnes family at mcdonald's restaurants greer's market and cash saver Beef brady's tillman's corner rich's car wash ward international trucks lns air conditioning green and phillips injury law firms i can tell you this we will definitely uh be following up on alabama's a day game on monday I know Mike Rodak's going to join us, and I really appreciate him coming on. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll probably uh, have a, uh, a guest on with the NBA playoffs. Those are a couple of things. And we'll update you on how the baseball uh, high school playoffs, uh, they really get going in earnest today. We told you Bayside won their, game, their doubleheader yesterday. So this is the first round this weekend.
1: So uh, plenty to look forward to. All right. Uh, might as well tell you once again, because uh, we talk a lot of draft leading up to it. We have you a party to get to on Thursday. We want you at our WNSP draft party. Walk-ons. That's the location coming up on Thursday. Broadcasting the final drive from 3 to 6 from walk-ons. So Corey and Michael will be out there. I'll be out there. Triple G will be out there. We're going to see if we can drag Lee out there for a little while. He's going to be the the main attraction.
2: Lee, people just come out. and I'm drugs. not going anywhere after you told Dr. X to come out and stitch my face. I, I'm staying away from you.
1: Well, the idea was could he stitch? He said he it would he could do 75 stitches in five minutes, you believe right? That like so we talked about that uh, in relation to the NHL. And we talked about that story earlier this week about how a guy got a skate to the face, which is just awful enough. But they stitched him up. He was back in the second period. And so we were. That day we talked about how long would it take medical personnel to really put 75 stitches in somebody's face. That man, Doc Mullinex, said five minutes. Now, it but wouldn't be did... the prettiest thing in the world, but he could no, do it in five. No, he did say
2: that, that eventually you'd have to get him back out and do a lot more with his face. I mean,
1: you know, like that's like
2: NASCAR pit group <laughs>
1: type stuff, man. And hope that the wheels
2: don't come off.
1: So, yeah, definitely come on out, uh, and we're going to have the party. And we'll, you guys... At, we'll have the WNSP Draft Challenge. So you guys come on out and you select the top 10 draft picks, the bet, predict them in order, just the player name. It doesn't matter who picks them, as long as you get the player in the slot. There's a point system in which you get points for being closer or identical to what actually happens. Triple G will take care of that when you get there. And up for grabs, you get a Traeger Grill from Bailey's TV and Mattress. That's the grand prize. And, and we're doing a Bryce Young draft jersey compliments of the vault uh they're going to be out there too with that stuff we have some wnsp uh t-shirts we're going to be giving away we'll have some other door projects it's really going to be a lot of fun looking forward to meeting you guys you guys come on out meet some of the wnsp personalities as well uh it's always a lot of fun to to interact with you guys
2: off the air that's another thing we'll definitely be doing on the opening kickoff next week even monday talking draft because the draft is next thursday lots of uh uh, narrative out there about who's going to get drafted number one, um, is it going to be Bryce Young? Is it going to be C.J. Stroud? Uh, and of course, where Will Anderson is going to go. So these are some of the things. Since there's a lot of interest in the Alabama players, we'll be uh, talking to some of our guests next week.
1: All right. So our Dr. Christopher Monex Championship Drive concludes here at Saraland. Thanks to all the fine folks here. Always fun to come out here. Next week. Lee Shervanian. Mobile Christian. Mobile Christian. Two minutes that? from your house.
2: You uh, so you we will uh,
1: we will continue there. We'll be talking a lot of draft that day as well. All right. On behalf of everybody here at WNSP, I want to wish you and yours a happy and safe weekend. We're back at it Monday at 6 a.m. Until then, see you.